0: It's Legend of Zelda, and it's really, really rad. Even more this time, because those waves are super bad. Got a baton that moves all over the ocean, so go right out and beat Ganon if you got the notion.
1: Then it's time to get some friends in Rock Hyrule. Gotta have pals swim out of this pool. Take down Moblins and tectites and Octoroks too. Nothing can stop you when you're in Zelda, crew. cruel. Now's the time to think. Small so, I say. Talking hats are pretty cool when you travel that way.
2: Shrink down and look around the land. God, another Ganondorf that ought to be banned.
3: So you're not a southpaw, it's almost right, night. Well, that's no problem, because Nintendo's all right. You don't have to swing that controller on the left. Just having mirror vision means the right's got heft.
4: This is a cease and desist order under penalty of imprisonment if Nintendo's intellectual property is further infringed upon. All advertisements made by this company are considered commercially viable for 100 years after creation. Wow, intense!
0: My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles
5: per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Three, two, one...
2: time traveling podcast where we discuss computer and console rpgs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear brought to you by the staff of rpgamer.com we tackle the good the bad and the ugly games from nearly 30 years of rpg history so sit down and hold on tight your next adventure is about to begin here are the host of rpg backtrack phil willis and mike minkie Welcome to RPG Backtrack, this is podcast number 92, Master of Sorplay, and I have the Master of Hosts with me
4: today, it's Mr. Mike Minky. If you say so, but I gotta tell ya, here's my totality of my zelda experience on the gamecube when there was a best buy display of soul Calibur 2 on the gamecube and i got to test it as link briefly with people yelling all around me and all i can say is um uh, i did that <laughs> and so
2: uh, yeah i'm phil willis and uh, to help us out is a trilogy of RP Gamer women they are hot they are on fire and they are ready to talk about Zelda. First up, we have Miss Cassandra Ramos. Hello, everybody. We have Miss Anna Marie Neufeld.
0: I don't rap very well.
2: And last but most certainly not least, Miss Becky Cunning Turkey.
3: Just hang in my, my crib with my giant pick Genie.
2: <laughs> and uh, if you guys were wondering uh, where that... Rap references from that we're doing at the beginning You need to check out the link It'll be on the forum That links to the original 1986 Zelda rap commercial It is rad with That's the only way to describe it <laughs> Rad uh, But what, what is also rad Is talking about Zelda games So uh, we're going to keep the introduction brief today Because we got a lot of stuff to talk about We're going to take a brief respite And we'll be right back Welcome back. We're ready to talk about a bunch of Legend of Zelda games. And uh, Mike, uh, for my uh, failing memory, tell me again what uh, what makes this uh, particular mini-series of Zelda games we're talking about today. What, what's their characteristic? What do they all have in common?
4: It's the GameCube era of Zelda. The
2: GameCube era. So that's what we're talking about today. The GameCube era of games. With I- the
4: exception that one was turned into a Wii launch title and also came out on the GameCube And Apparently the GameCube version is a lot more expensive now. Ah, uh, okay,
2: Well, we're going to um, we're going to start off with. The Legend of Zelda the Minish Cap, oddly enough for the GameCube era, we're going to start with a Game Boy Advance game. The Legend of Zelda the Minish Cap. This was uh, released here, at, well let's start off. It was developed by Capcom. Woohoo, Capcom. Published by Nintendo, released here in North America on January 10th, 2005. Later on on the virtual console uh, virtual console if you happen to be one of those 3DS ambassadors, which I was.
4: <laughs>
2: I, I think I got it. Now I'm going to go check. Anyways, uh Theoretically, it was released on December 16, 2011, through the Ambassador Program. Uh, this is a single-player action RPG experience for your Game Boy Advance and possibly 3DS system. I'm checking mine right now to see if I got mine on, because I was a, I was an ambassador. Dang it, I downloaded all the games even though I never played them, so I'm checking it right now. Oh, there it is! Zelda Minish Cap! Yep, it's there. So if you're an ambassador, you got it. Check it out.
1: That's how I played it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It'd be really cool if they, like, re-enhanced it with 3D graphics. But I'll take it any way I can get it. That
4: requires lots of effort, though. Yeah, I'll
2: take it any way I can get it. (laughs) I I like, um, I I personally do like playing those. um, Well, I think I actually, oh, you know what? I still have the cartridge. I still have the cartridge for that game. So I last played it on my DS through the Game Boy slot, the Game Boy Advance slot. That's where I played it last. Anywho, uh, righty. So who feels like talking about the super deep plot of Zelda The Minish Cap?
0: Um, The thing that I liked about Minish Cap was that it was sort of like um, a bow on top of the Zelda package, where you had a bunch of um, sort of um, games that all felt like they sort of went together, but had never really been tied together. So Minish Cap is supposed to be sort of a fill in the blank um, between Four Swords and um, Link to the Past. Hmm. And now that they have redone the canon, I'm not sure it fits there anymore. But that's where it originally fit.
2: I try not too yeah. hard to think about the canon; it makes my head hurt.
1: <laughs> well, as somebody who has the timeline open right now, according to it, it's the second game in the timeline before the timeline split so okay. it occurs after Skyward Sword
2: oh of course oh right. gosh it just all comes
0: together now Yes. so where does it fit in relation to Four Swords Adventure
1: uh, it happens uh, who knows how long before Four Swords Adventure Four Swords Adventure is the last game chronologically in the quote unquote child era Okay. A- occurring after Twilight
0: Princess. But not including Link to the Past.
1: No, because Link to the Past is another <laughs> <a> separate universe.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I love Zelda. Um,
1: why did
3: they make that timeline? Because
1: <laughs> everybody assumed that, and they correctly assumed, apparently, that at least two timelines were created after the events of Ocarina of Time, and they t- decided to through a loop by saying three of them were actually created. Go figure.
0: Ah. Now, I don't remember anything about the story of this game.
1: I guess I'll so. take it then, because I played it recently. So Thank you. <laughs> okay, according to the backstory of the Minish Cap, the people of Hyrule uh, were, feeling, were de- dealing with dark times. They always do, always with some evil going on. And the Hero of Men received a special sword from a, a group, a race of people called the Minish. I think they were called the Picori, though, in the beginning. There, he got the special sword. So we, like, the evil became the first, uh, not, not, I, don't, I don't know about the first king of Hyrule, but an important king of Hyrule. And he kind of looked like Link without a cap. In the present time, Link is apprenticing to a, sword, to a uh, swordsmith, and he's also friends with Princess Zelda. They go off to a, a, a festival that takes place every hundred years, I believe, celebrating the Pikori. And during this festival, Zelda gets attacked by a mysterious sorcerer named Vati. He's trying to find something called the Light Force, which is incredibly ambiguous, but it's apparently not the Triforce, So figure. And while finding out that she has a source of the power, he turns her to sto- stone and kidnaps her, because, you know, Zelda. And later, Link encounters a strange talking hat named Eslo that he finds out is actually a, a, a Minish, one of these race of really tiny people that kind of look rodentine. And he used to be Vati's uh, master, who was his apprentice, but he got a hold of Ezlo's special magic hat, the titular Minish Cap. And with that, he became an evil sorcerer and was trying to look for the Light Force so he can take over the world. So Link has to take the uh, broken Picori sword, reforge it, and collect a bunch of stuff in order to finally take down Vati at the end. And Vati is vanquished, you know, day is saved, although he does come back in eventually in Four Swords Adventure.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that name sounds familiar. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, this is his origin. Before he became a big flying eyeball of evil, he was this, he was a sorcerer that used to be a really tiny person.
0: But chronologically, Four Swords Adventure came
1: out before Minish Cap, didn't it? Um, if you mean that uh, release-wise, yes, it did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or did it come out after? It became. I know it came out. The first Four Swords was the Four Sword pack-in on the. Um, gba version of a link to the past the link to the
0: passport right
1: yeah i actually i actually i want to say four swords adventure came out after the minish or did it come before wow i'm confused no no yes it came out before it came out before i actually never played much more than a little bit of it at college with some friends so Hmm.
0: so the thing that i sort of really liked about minish cap was that even though it had sort of like the exact same battle mechanics that we have seen in a bunch of the Zelda games in this era, and it did almost nothing to change it. The one thing that they did toss in was these things called Tiger Scrolls. And Tiger Scrolls let you do different moves with your swords, um, most of which were essentially useless, but, I mean, they, made, they gave you at least some variety. Um, beyond that, he seemed to have um, a lot of the sort of typical tools like um i know he had the pegasus boots and that lets you dash into items and across like shallow water and stuff like that and then he had um the cane that was it yeah the, the cane cage. of
1: pachi which oh, lets ca-
0: you um jump into the world of the minish so it would minish size you
1: not quite the cane of pachi paki whatever it was uh it made it flip things around and if Link fired it at a small hole in the ground, he could jump into it and then use it to jump up high. Ah, he could turn it to... Okay. He turned mini size by going to special glowing... Like, spe- glowing spots on the overworld, either a rock or a tree stump or something similar to shrink down. Mm-hmm. I mean maybe
0: this is something that you can comment on because you've played it more recently than I have, Mm -hmm. is the the thing that I felt coming out of Minish Cap, and it's the thing that stuck with me sort of through the years, is that I don't think I would have played Minish Cap if it didn't have the Zelda name attached to it. Because I sort of came out of the game feeling like, well, this could have been any adventure game, and it had the Zelda skin put on top of it.
1: But. I suppose so. Nothing about it particularly stood out. I mean, I enjoyed my time with it, but you know, the the shrinking down mechanic, while fun, wasn't terribly memorable.
2: But 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 he has hearts, heart meter. I mean. Yeah, and
0: I mean it's
1: yeah
2: you get
0: four heart pieces and get a new heart. There you and... go, Zelda. Bam, done.
1: <laughs> and he does have the the now the now ubiquitous talking, slightly snarky sidekicks, to make up for the fact that Link can't talk.
0: And it had an irritating collection mini game. Uh huh.
4: Yeah. Well, Cassandra, yes. uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons were also developed by Capcom, right? How would yes. you compare Minish Cap to those?
1: Um, it's shorter than either of those games, oddly enough. And cool. quality-wise, I suppose, hmm, I guess I like them about equally. Um, I mean, I...
0: I, the one thing that I don't remember Oracles having that Minish Cap did is that inside of every dungeon is like a midpoint that you can teleport out and back in. So that really made it a nice sort of portable game that you could play in sort of portable chunks. Right, that was convenient. And and there really wasn't a lot of games that were doing that, even on the Game Boy at that point. So it was something that stood out in my mind. I mean, this is the problem that I have talking about Minish Cap, is it isn't a bad game, it's just not a good game. It's that, you know, straight down the line, 5 out of 10, mediocre title. If you like Zelda, play it. If you don't, don't. True enough. Oh my gosh, it's not the best thing since Baked Bread.
2: But but come on, I'm looking at all these review scores here. X Play five out of five. IGN nine out of ten. GameSpot nine point one. GamePro 4.6 Elect out of five. Game Electronics Monthly A plus one up is an A. Come on!
4: Phil, you are reminding me of when I read that Bubsy review in GamePro that gave it five out of five fun factor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> It's got a
0: Metacritic of like 89 out of 100. Game rankings of 90.22%. It's the best game ever. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of that, again, hinges on the fact that it's a Zelda game. I mean, this is something that um, when I actually put up my review and I gave it a 3 out of 5, I got hate mail because, oh my gosh, how could you possibly give well, a Zelda game a, a bad score? Well, well,
2: and you I gave, ended up having. You gave a, a Zelda game a, a three out of five, and you led her on the show, Mike? You didn't put this in the notes when you said she was joining <laughs> the game. I, I give veto rights on this, Mike, okay? <laughs> I, I mean, come on, man.
4: Oh my. Yes, Phil, as you have said so often, you are the expert on all things Zelda, and of course <laughs> I must consult you with regard to every person who can, can contribute anything with regard to
2: this show. Hey, I I expect at least a heads up when a trader to the brand, you know, introduces herself as a quote-unquote expert.
4: So, Anna, did Nintendo offer you anything Swanky or monetarily useful in compensation for a nice review score? <laughs> no,
0: I bought the game. I, we didn't. I don't even think we got a review copy of Minish Cap. Why does that not
4: surprise me at all? Nintendo not giving us a review copy? Hmm.
0: I'm. They. They do sometimes. Yeah, they're especially good lately about
5: it with, these days, digital actually. copies.
0: Yeah, they're they're getting yeah. better. Especially. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is some of these some of these games you have to think about it on a Game Boy Advance game. If I was getting a review copy of a Game boy advance game and um well this has my maiden name on it so it was written before 2005 um if, if you were going to review a game you know eight years ago it would be mailed to you on like a rewritable game boy advance cartridge the cartridge was numbered it was stamped and you know it was branded in some fashion it it came to you with a letter telling you the things you could and could not do with it and it had a due date for return
4: I if, you, if it
0: was not back that. to them, not just in the mail, but if it was not back to them by that date, you got a very, very angry letter, and you were <laughs> not going to be given any further games. Oh, my. And I mean, even, if that were even only the game itself, intent- because it was a rewritable cartridge, even the game itself, like the the code that was put into that particular cartridge, would have some sort of identifying tag. So if it ended up showing up on, you know, Yield ROM site, they could actually tell who whose cartridge that came from.
4: Now, is that exclusive to Nintendo, or did everybody who submitted No, I
0: mean, that's. I had a bunch of uh, Atlas games show up like that. I had a Natsume game show up like that. As far as I could tell, that was pretty
3: standard procedure. It's just now they can track your digital signature because of the digital copies. So, you know, they don't have to be quite as draconian because they'll know anyway if you put it on a ROM site. Right.
0: And I mean, it's so much easier to distribute 300 eShop codes than it is. I mean, no one had 300 ROMs. I mean, even for a small game launch, you're looking at about 100 to 150 review requests. Even in 2005, especially in 2005, because there was a bunch of itty-bitty sites that just don't exist anymore. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd never have 150 rewritable Game Boy Advance cartridges. They were just too expensive.
4: Oh, I can I can well understand that. Those things, I never dealt with GBA ones, but the DS ones certainly look different.
0: They're huge. I, have, I actually have, yeah, I, I will have to take a picture of it at some point for people.
4: Hmm.
2: All right. Well, I can't say my experience was actually any different than yours when <laughs> they played it many moons ago. I felt kind of the same way. It was. It, it didn't. It didn't strike me with the same you know awe factor that let's say. Um, uh, what was the one? I, uh, oh my gosh! You just left my head. It was in there a second ago. The last one. Game Boy Color. Um,
4: Oracle of Ages.
2: Uh, no, no. Before that one.
1: A link to that, a link. Uh, link awakening. Yeah.
2: There you go. I played like Link's Awakening before that. I know that's kind of really going back, but I mean, when I played Link's Awakening on the handheld and had like this full Zelda experience in my hands, uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and it it kind of took me, you know, to you know to that world and to that flavor, maybe me feel Zeldish. And I'll talk more about uh, Zelda experiences uh, later. But uh, for me, anyways, it's more of my my ending here. But uh, but yeah, but when I play Minish Cap, y- yeah, you're right. It just feels like an entirely different experience. That maybe like you're right, if it was under a different skin and a different name you you probably wouldn't even you know care about it <laughs> you know so yeah i kind of i kind of got the same feeling you did i didn't feel like it was an epic zelda adventure uh that i'm used to getting when i pick up some of these other games and play through them but it doesn't mean it's a yeah i wouldn't say it's a terribly bad game but i wouldn't say it was as memorable as what i am come to expect out of most games in the zelda series
4: yeah would you would it rate about the same now eight years later as it did then um, uh, I, I i you know obviously i think i think
2: these people gave it high scores because it had a Zelda name on it i think uh anna's right as much as i hate to admit that the traders right you know uh, I, it just, it, it, it's a it's a, it's a a fun little handheld game, don't get me wrong, but it's nothing, it's not like some of the previous Zelda games, uh, like the first one that came out, or any of those, uh, Link to the Past, or any of those that you walked away and was like, wow, blown. Um, it, it's, uh, even Ocarina of Time, um, yeah, was definitely more mind-blowing experience than that. So, I wouldn't say it's worth a 90. I think it probably is between a 75 and an 80%, in my opinion, which roughly comes down to a 3 out of 5 score on RP Gamer. Because <laughs> of the way our numbering system works.
4: Yeah, what well, what is an IGN nine out of ten worth? That's like a four,
2: four and a half on our scale. So well,
4: realistically, considering how many things get oh, ten to kids Oh,
2: psh, probably yeah, probably isn't worth very much. That in a dollar uh, eighty five will get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's. So, alrighty. Anything else before we move on to the next one?
1: Uh, just a few notes. For a GBA game, I think it's actually pr- rather pretty. and yeah. Also yeah. It, yeah, it is attractive. It also takes a couple, mm-hmm. takes a couple of cues from uh, the Wind Waker, since that came out a bit earlier, I believe. Uh, the art style, mostly, and some of the enemy designs. They even have that same sort of smoke effect when they die. Kind of neat.
2: Mm. It's funny you should mention Wind Waker. Because that's the next game we're talking about. We are talking about The Legend of Zelda. The Wind Waker, I guess to be exact. This is developed and published by Nintendo, released on the GameCube in North America on March 24, 2003. And is supposed to be released on the Wii U at some point uh, later on this year in high definition... Uh, this is a single-player action adventure RPG experience, and for maybe some people who are not old enough to remember um, when this game was being developed and the news around it and, and the such, um, I remember. I remember. I, I remember, but I'll share this for our audience, just you know, for those listeners who may not be old enough or somehow you know their head was in the sand during this time. But you know, back when, um, back in I think it was like 1999 when uh, Nintendo was first uh, giving out some information about its next system uh in the such um or maybe it was 2000 they, they they released uh they released at one of the expositions some screenshots uh from uh, legend of zelda you know they didn't say it was technically a game it was more of a demo type of thing but but everyone you know you, uh, and we're gonna link this in a show notes it actually looks pretty good even in this day um but um uh, you know, everyone was saying this was going to be the the next uh, Legend of Zelda. I mean, websites everywhere was like, "Hey, it's uh, uh, this is unofficially the sequel." I mean, this is this is obviously what they're working on here. It's gorgeous, it's beautiful. It's you know, it's really pushing the three D polygons in the whole nine yards. And uh but then uh, the year or so afterwards at one of those expos they showed us a completely different thing replacing the dark gritty realistic graphics that we saw um in that uh demo from before was this new kitty young looking kid like um link uh completely done with a cell shaded look instead of the gritty 3D and it looked more like uh something you'd see off a cartoon than anything else uh, Shigru Miyamoto said that the new look was designed to extend Zelda reach to all ages. So, pretty much between the cel-shaded look and uh, and his comments, everyone took this to town and said, you know, obviously they they've lost their marbles in trying to make Zelda appeal to kids. And uh, the backlash from fans across the internet. Was right, because Zelda never
4: appealed to kids.
2: Never, because no, they weren't kids when they played it back in the day. Um, but yes, the back now, the backlash was pretty bad.
0: <laughs> here's my favorite part about this: uh-huh. is as the game was leading up to launch, and I mean, as we started to see more and more about it and get sort of that you know picture, um, the gameplay. Right. And, and could, I mean, people started to see more and more sort of that picture, painted picture quality of the, the graphics. People were going n- completely mental about it. And then the reviews started coming out and we were actually one of the first sites that reviewed it. And we gave it a four out of five. And if I thought my midish cap email got hate, oh my goodness, did the Internet explode.
4: Was, it's a good was thing this that on the Neo level can. of... Was this on the level of Adrian's Star Ocean 4 review or even more?
0: Oh, no. This was, like, way beyond the Star okay. Ocean
4: Okay. Wait, wait, wait. They I were... Mean, it's they it's were... one of
0: those things that it makes me think back and go, man, I'm so glad that Neo Gaff didn't exist at that point. Wait, wait. <laughs> they, they were
2: writing in because they were upset you rated it too low or too high?
0: Well, no, no. It wasn't actually me that reviewed it. It was... Um, I think it was ASV.
2: Okay, okay. But was the upsettingness about being oh, too
0: yeah, low too, too high? We only gave it four out of five. Only How four dare five. Dare <laughs> How dare we get... Okay,
2: okay. All right. I just want clarify yeah I
0: mean, like we we basically had to start locking every thread about it uh, on the forums it was so bad
2: it, what happened I mean the, the original backlash against the look was very bad um, I mean they were some people were calling it Zelda with a C <laughs> you know Zelda and cell shading put together and, uh, and that
3: was an insult yeah
2: and <laughs> Miyamoto was so surprised at this uh, at this whiplash um, that he refused to reveal any Further until they got playing demos working so people could see it in action. But yes, you're right. Once once they got the game, you know, gameplay footage of it actually being playable and you know stuff like that. Yeah, it the, quickly turned in the other direction when the the game released and was reviewed. It got even higher scores diminished cap if that's even possible.
4: <laughs> Metacritic. I remember, I remember EGM gave it two tens and a nine point five. You know,
2: and I think Fat gave it its first. 50 50 out of 40. I mean it was just that I'm just kidding. But it was just metacritic 96%. I mean that's just yeah, it's just way out left field. Um, so well,
3: actually, the Ocarina of Time has one of the highest Metacritic scores in history. So Ocarina the of series, Time earns so much. it.
2: Yeah, I, I Ocarina of Time was pretty cool. I mean, it was a, it was the first game that used those gameplay mechanics it, 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 in a huge open world. It was mind blowing, awesome. Now, you you ladies can tell me who played Windwalker. Uh, was it on that level of? I mean. I think Ocarina of Time, a big part of its score, not only does it have the big open world charm that Zelda games, you know, when done right, bring to the table, but I, I, when I was playing it and experiencing it, and I know we talked about this on a previous podcasts. but I think one of the reasons it got such a high score is it was also for its time so groundbreaking. It, it not only brought Zelda to the 3D, but it did it right. And, I mean, for that, when something brings something so original to the table, that's going to give it extra brownie points. By the time uh, Wind Walker came out, those those types of mechanics and those things were already tried and done. Did it bring other new stuff to the table that would warrant it, warrant it getting such maximum high
1: scores? If I may confess something, believe it or not, Wind Waker was my first Zelda. I actually played Ocarina of Time shortly after finishing it since I got the uh, pre-order bonus of you know the GameCube version of Korean of time minky. so my perception is completely skewed
2: minky you allowed first you allowed a three out of five reviewer on a zelda game on the show and now someone whose first experience was wind walker. um considering you keep zelda calling it wind walker, with walker
3: too. Wind waker too.
2: <laughs> oh. walker waker yeah, whatever
3: no remember, I didn't start playing consoles until Uh, shortly before Wind Waker came out, uh, so I also had my my first copy of um, Ocarina of Time was the GameCube uh, collectible edition, but i didn't really get too far in that well okay i played Windwalker almost to complete wind waker see play. i've done <laughs> it you
4: threw everybody off there phil all right you happy? all right let's
2: read this Let, let's first give this let's 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 start this thing off proper who wants to talk about the story behind zelda wind waker not everybody at once though just one at a time all right miss yes. miss it's my first game ever why don't you tell us about the story I'm picking on you. Can go. Me or
3: Becky? <laughs> which which one of us? <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Okay, Becky, you're first alphabetically. Go.
3: <laughs> okay. Um well the um story of Wind Waker sorta of starts with the destruction of the kingdom of Hyrule. Um which which timeline
1: is this in now? This is the adult timeline after ocarina of time this is after zelda sends link back and of course that timeline where she sent it back continues so link is gone so link couldn't so ganon got revived somehow and link could not stop him because he got sent back in time and created his own timeline yay parallel universes yeah so
3: um basically long ago in in wind waker's history um the kingdom of hyrule fell and in order to save the world the goddesses decided to flood it um, and so now everybody lives on these little bitty islands in the middle of this great big ocean. And um, the the hero of this particular game is not actually Link, um, and doesn't really have that faded destiny, which I think is one of the kind of things that make this game makes this game kind of special. Um, he's just a little guy who just had his coming of age ceremony and um, he gets like the special Zelda outfit because that's what people on his island wear for their coming of age ceremony. Um, and his little sister who is adorable um, ends up getting uh, kidnapped by um, Ganondorf basically. Um, so she's
1: snatched up by a giant bird called the Hellrock King oh, right. if
3: memory serves me correct. Right. She's snatched up by, she's stolen by a giant bird while out flying a kite or something like that. It's been a while. <laughs> Anyway, of course, he has to go out and find her, and he ends up sort of stowing away with a ship full of pirates um, to go out and find her. And of course, the captain of the pirates, who happens to be a woman, also happens to kind of be Zelda.
1: Well, before that's revealed, though, she's called Tetra, and uh, she's actually my favorite incarnation of Zelda yet in the series.
3: Yeah, I love Tetra, too. She's really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up um, eventually getting his own little boat, which is um, who is called the King of Dragons and who talks to him. And so little bitty Zelda goes out um, on an adventure through various dungeons like one does. Um, And somebody else is going to have to talk about the end because I've actually never quite finished Wind Waker. (laughs)
1: Okay, uh, let me take it from here. Basically, the reason why his sister was kidnapped is because Ganondorf, who was he's been who he escaped from his imprisonment from under the ocean again somehow, Ganon slash Ganondorf just has that ability. He is sure. trying to find Princess Zelda because she has a piece of the Triforce, and you know he always wants the Triforce. So he doesn't really know who she is. so He figured just tell to, tells his minions to kidnap any young girls with blonde hair and pointed ears because apparently any one of them could be in, the, the current Zelda. Hence why... Like, so sister. how many... Just
4: how many girls like that are there in Hyrule?
1: Um, if I, I... I don't know. There's a bunch of them in that prison that I recall that Link rescued his sister from. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's why it took so long to look for, for her. So anyway, Link manages to save his sister and he has to collect the pieces of the Triforce of Courage, I believe. That's the one that Link originally had. And has to go and confront Ganondorf in order to stop him from taking over Hyrule yet again. At uh, the end of the, oddly enough, at the end of the game, there's, like, this is, the like, the first time, and I think the only time a slightly sympathetic Ganon has ever shown, because he's kind of lamenting, saying the reason he wanted to take over Hyrule is because uh, his people, the Gerudo, lived in the desert, it was very harsh, the wind brought, often brought death, and he longed to live in the, sort of, the peaceful winds of Hyrule, but, again, this is never touched again, so, uh, a bit of karmic Houdini or something, I don't quite get it. Regardless, Link defeats him, and, uh... The king of Hyrule, cause oddly enough, he's also still around. His name is I don't know, to start with D, D, I can't remember. He's the true identity of the talking boat, the King of Red Lions. And he manages to make a wish on the complete Triforce, saying to drown Hyrule again, cause I forget what exactly they did, but Link and Tetra slash Zelda managed to bring back Hyrule in order to find the Master Sword and find the remaining pieces of the Triforce and such. So he managed so yeah, he got he resealed Hyrule again, Ganondorf got angry attacked link they linked and zelda defeated him and he i don't know tell how plunging a sword in his head turned him to stone and presumably he's going to stay that way until the next time he gets revived and so lincoln and, so yeah, and zelda returned to the uh, to return to the surface the king of red lions uh, aka the king of hyrule is apparently drowned along with ganon and although before he does go he basically tells him go out and find a new world a new hyrule and the game goes from there with them taking off in Tetra's ship, finding which leads to the events of a one of the, the first of the DS Zelda games. But that's for another day, I imagine. Cool. Yeah, I think it. I think it
4: has to be. We try and do too many Zeldas, in one day we'll just get overload. True
1: enough. <laughs> I like sailing. I actually like. I, I mean, it got come a little. Come sail oh, away. Come sail away. Come sail, like, sail away with, with me. me.
2: Uh, ah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah,
0: All right. <laughs> there was actually a lot to do when you were out on the boat. We've talked. about so all sorts of sort of little challenges to do out in the ocean, and I think some of them you had to actually do them in a very specific order. I seem to recall like some of them being numbered in some fashion. I, uh, I ended up buying the strategy guide, and I had a huge poster up on my wall helping me go. Oh, through-
1: I remember that. I had that too. I, yes. I followed that extensively to try to complete the game. Yeah, but the only thing I didn't do was complete all those figurines. Uh, that I just got, I just kind of got bored after a while. And figured I want to get onto the next game, which was Ocarina of time for me. So,
3: yeah, I made the mistake of starting a gameplay and trying to collect all the figurines, and then I like I forgot to get exactly. one of the, and one of the bosses or something, and then I just kind of went eh, and stopped playing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I just
0: think be- I did end up getting almost all the figurines. It was something that I was really shooting for. I was like, I'm going to do everything
1: in this game. Yes. Yeah, I get bored just like, I want to finish this game. <laughs> Forget the figurines. I mean, I, I greatly, I mean, I love this game. A- I absolutely love it. Again, probably a bit sort of that bias for it being my first Zelda game, but I adore this game.
3: Yeah, Cassandra and I are inveterate collectors. So that's one of those <laughs> things. Okay, so let's
2: talk about the gameplay. Very similar to which we already hinted at with
4: the the word sailing.
2: Well, but let's well sailing is a mode of transportation and it's part of the game, but it's not the main core gameplay.
0: Yes, it is. No,
2: it's not. It's killing and walking and running and attacking and defending.
0: The main gameplay of Wind Waker is (laughs) sailing around. If you're on land and beating up enemies, you're doing the side stuff. (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah, because all the dungeons happen while you're on the boat. Wait a minute. No, 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 no,
0: no. See, the dungeons are the things that you're doing when you want to take a break from sailing.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like in Persona when you want to take a break from doing all the social stuff, you go into some combat for a while.
2: <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't think I quite found the sailing thing to be quite as alluring. I suppose. <sighs> Any so the dungeon parts are very similar to previous iterations of the 3 at least a 3D arm of the, of the series anyways. Uh, you can lock on to your enemies, you got the lock-on system that was introduced in Ocarina of Time, uh, running and walking and uh, Jumping is automatic uh, when you come mm-hmm. up to a ledge, just like Ocarina of Time. Uh, you've got the addition of being able to parry. I believe. I think that was new.
1: Yeah, that was. I, I found that pretty fun, and kind of wish that more games had that in the series. Yeah, you could uh, parry enemy attacks. You could also roll behind an enemy and then strike him in the back a lot. That of one
3: had a great animation. Hmm.
2: Mm. Right, right. You know, yeah, because it had a little chime and something in it made a little noise or something
1: yes yes yes
2: so you kind of had a clue of what to do
1: hmm. i also i liked the
3: um this version of the hook shot which was more of sort of like you hooked onto things and then swung from a rope that was pretty awesome
2: all right all right since y'all liked the sailing so much go ahead and sell the audience on the awesome sailing
0: you got a boat and you got to sail around and there was stuff to do on the water and a big map to explore and all sorts of islands to go to
1: you also used the magic baton to change the direction of the wind so you could travel about. And later you could warp around the ocean if you wanted to save time.
2: That's kind of cheating when you think why, about it. Why
1: would you save time? Just in case, you know, you want to. You need to put that game down eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I run an errand, maybe? Evil errands. Tired of fighting the
3: same things on the ocean over and over again? <laughs> I wasn't quite as enamored with the sailing as some other people, maybe. <laughs>
4: Well, Becky, uh, you can compare this. Uh, I have heard people say that Sweekoden fours sailing makes Wind Waker's sailing look great.
3: That is true. Huh. Yeah, Sweekoden Four kind of made me appreciate Wind Waker's sailing more.
4: Okay, so so there's that. Sailing in Wind Waker is definitely better than it is in Coden Four.
3: Sailing in Wind Waker, it's better than a really bad game. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, so it's better than SEMA. Well, okay, that's that's nice to know. Okay, that killed the conversation.
2: All right, yeah, that did it. Good going, Minky. Gosh.
4: Nothing else to say, else to say about sailing. I, I guess. Do right. I have to go into the Christopher you know, Cross song now? It's,
0: no. I mean, you are going to spend a majority of the time in that game sailing, or at least 50%, and so... It's kind of one of those mechanics that I think divided people whether they were going to like or not like the game. If you didn't mind the sailing or enjoyed the sailing, then you were going to like the game. If you found the sailing tedious or irritating, it there wasn't enough of the rest of the
3: game to make it worth it. I, I think that actually it's not quite that cut and dry because I, the sailing can be pretty fun at first. The problem was the game kind of padded its gameplay with um, the Triforce Treasure Hunt where you had to go to every... Grit square in the ocean oh, yeah. and dig stuff up uh, your um, little uh, ocean crane and yeah that started to get old
0: right and i mean i don't mean that at the start it's going to be divisive i mean i think it's one of those things that it's like people are going to get halfway to three quarters through the game and whether they're going to finish the game is going to depend on how much patience they have with the sailing
3: yeah i think because there are
0: that. some very necessary sailing parts to the game and if they drive you insane, you have absolutely no drive to
3: finish. Yeah, I didn't mind the sailing, but it got old after a while. I like well, if we took sailing.
4: if we discount sailing, how long would you spend playing the game?
0: Hmm, Fifteen hours.
4: And with the sailing, how long? is Thirty to
0: fifty. Yeah, 30.
4: 30 is... <laughs> probably to be okay. about forty-five-ish hours. <laughs> That's a lot of sailing.
0: I mean, I'm not kidding when I'm saying it's about half the game.
4: Hmm.
3: Especially <laughs> if you need
2: rupees. <laughs> All right, so um, let's talk about the graphics.
4: Yeah, you just mentioned that the animation for rolling around an enemy is really nice. Uh, Does does the Zelda look hold up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that this holds up better than some of the other Zelda titles,
4: like the N64 ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of being unfair, because I look at N64 stuff now, and it's not very appealing.
0: Well, I mean, I think Link to the Past has held up really well, but Ocarina of Time needed a a facelift, and still, I think that Wind Waker looks better.
3: And I think think it probably holds up better than Twilight Princess, for example, Um, just because the... Style is more timeless.
0: Yeah, well. and I mean, if people really didn't like that style of artwork, we wouldn't have seen two other games that were, you know, basically direct sequels, and they were also shell-shaded games.
1: Yeah, I find the graphics really charming. Myself, uh, I especially like the uh, expressions that Link made. He had a couple of, he had a couple of neat ones—a determined look. He had this really, this funny, uh, scared look on him when he was being shot out of a cannon. I believe it's Ganon's fortress at the time. Again, really very charming. He has a grumpy yeah. cat face.
0: He goes a little...
3: Mm. Would y'all... Yeah, he... Oh, go ahead. And there's lots of like little animated details in the game that, that they could do because it was cel-shaded that are just really cool.
0: But I mean, for what it's worth, I also think... I think all three of us are fans of Dark Cloud 2 as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we also like the style in general.
4: Yeah, it's something you don't see much of lately.
0: I miss
3: it. Sly
2: Cooper 4 is sell shit. That just came. So, um, so, 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 so,
4: well, um, what yeah, did y'all those think of the, EGM, the, the, the those,
2: oh, go ahead, Mike. You have a,
4: those EGM graders who gave it two 10s and a 9.5 at the time, and one of them got hate mail for not allowing it to get the coveted platinum award, uh, <laughs> how, how accurate would those reviews fare now?
2: Well and I think that's I think that's kind of uh, the, you know i mean that that's when i see all these 95 96 97 i mean uh, you know for us that's practically a 5 out of 5 i mean i'm thinking mind blowing experience that you walk away and you just go wow like the very first you know legends of zelda when i sat down and first played it for the first time or uh, you know ocarina of time would would certainly come close um i mean there are just certain games that you walk away either because they bring something new to the table or they were such a great rpg experience that they just emotionally they stick with you Fine. Fantasy six, of course. You know, would would this does this belong in that you know in that elusive category?
0: I think that I'm cynical. Because there was a period in, you know, the early to mid-2000s where if it was part of a big series, I feel like reviewers were scared to give it something other than a really good score. You never saw a Final Fantasy game or a Zelda game or a Dragon Quest game that had poop reviews,
4: you know? Mm -hmm. That's still pretty rare to see.
0: Right, and I'm not implying that any of them are bad games. But I think the fact that it is part of such an iconic series does, or did, certainly put pressure on the reviewers um, back when you know it. Back when there were fewer standards and eyeballs on what exchanged hands between reviewers and develop and publishers.
3: I also do think that there. Well, I know there's a current sort of controversy on it, exactly how mind-blowing Ocarina of Time was, too. So, you know, you could look at it that way, too. But, yeah, I, I do think this game definitely had some shortcomings. Part of it was there was some dungeon stuff that was cut, so there could have been more dungeons in it um, that would have made it a little, had a little bit better of a balance between the dungeons and the sailing. Um, but I do think that um, the the graphics in particular um, were something that made the game um, pretty special.
2: So what would you give it if you were rating it on the RP Gamer scale today?
3: Probably, Probably 3.5. I, I
0: think a 4.0 review is really fair. Okay.
2: All right. Pretty. Punk.
3: So 4.0 if no. you like the sailing, 3.5 if you were not as enamored as the sailing. <laughs> you were okay. not enamored. Yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. Right. You
0: know what? I, we can all agree on that. That's <laughs> that <right.
4: laughs> yeah, if you're not a fan of the sailing, then that will take it down some for you. Uh,
2: true enough. True enough. All right. Well, uh, yeah. oh, anything else uh, on this game before? Oh, you know, there's a couple more things on this game. What, what did you want to say, Mike?
4: I was going to ask about the sound, since we didn't really mention that yet.
1: I actually wanted to bring up that the, uh, the music on Dragon Roost Isle is absolutely wonderful. Sounds like Andean music, which I really like.
0: I remember muting the TV and playing my stereo. Aw.
3: I'm bad at sound. I don't remember.
2: I'm bad at sound too. Don't feel bad. Um, I'm a visual person. Yeah, I'm a visual person. Half the time, I'm watching TV while playing video games, especially if there's long, boring sailing scene. I mean, sorry, did I say that out loud? Um, (laughs) So, so we talked earlier about the uh, the price a little bit. Uh, The price on this is every bit as close as retail price for the used copies. It's uh, the used copies are going for forty plus shipping. Uh, Some of them even going higher than that.
0: Can I have some tea?
2: And no, you can't have any tea. And um, the oh, brand.
3: Wait, was I? Am I open? <laughs> <laughs> my control key got stuck.
2: Out. Hold on, I'll help you out here. You, you, you want stay want out. enough tea to sail, right? Yeah, you need to stay awake. Better get the black tea. Um, and... Sorry for
3: yelling into the mic at my husband. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's it's all good. Um, yeah, maybe. Man, that's gonna be my favorite part about going back to the states next week. Is Chris is gonna get me some tea? Yes. Do oh, so, uh,
4: so you, you have nothing but crappy tea where you are now?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, this is a little off topic, but for Christmas this year, he got me this amazing um, water boiler that heats water to 180 degrees instead of 210 like a typical um, water boiler does. And so when I have my herbal tea, it doesn't um, overcook it.
4: That's actually a good thing, I would say. Yes. If you heat it to boiling, then what do you know? You can't drink it for a while.
0: Yeah, that's the other nice thing is at 180 degrees, I can drink it right away. I don't have to wait at all. Yes.
3: Okay, can you guys hear me now? Yes, we can hear you yeah. now. Good. Dang it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can hear me now. I have to fix my control key. Okay, I'm just going to manually put myself on mute while I figure this
2: out. So we have... Um... Um. Oh. So, th- as I was saying before, uh, the used copies are going for forty dollars plus plus. Brand new copies, fresh in the shrink wrap, going for a hundred and fifty to the highest I see so far is two hundred and fifty bucks. Any takers? Uh. Come on, you get that new, fresh shrink wrap smell
1: i'll hang on to my old copy
2: thanks i know i got my
4: old copy. i
2: just I, were, there, were there any
4: gold cases like nintendo did for almost all the other zeldas i
2: don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a bunch of copies and the really nice ones i'm just gonna put like a saran wrap with the hairdryer like the GameSpot guys do
1: <laughs> i believe the disc was gold might have been like goldish like the cover was gold like the, the top part was gold colored i think it's been a while since i've seen it i mean the, the box itself is kind of goldish <laughs>
2: Ah, too funny righty, and <laughs> so the, but i mean for for a used uh for a used game, if you got your gamecube lying around really good if you if you got the Wii u, I would just hold on for the inevitable h d release, which I'm sure. I would hope would cost less than 40 bucks but I, I don't know have they released a pricing strategy for that
0: one yet? No, but thirty doesn't sound out of, out of the realm of realistic.
2: Buy <laughs> mm-hmm. an HD remake 40 bucks and rip all blood suckers. Um, anywho, <laughs> um, yeah, you can tell I'm not a big huge fan of Painlight. Like, 40, 50 bucks for HD remakes is, is a little silly. I think I got Ratch- I mean, if it's like with Ratchet and Clank, the HD. I love that series to death. But I paid forty bucks. But that was because it was three, three, th- three games from the trilogy. I mean, I know Wind Waker can almost take as much time as all three Ratchet and Clank games in a row. But it's forty price for forty dollars for just one HD remake game. Unless it's got a bucket load of bonus dungeons. I don't know. Anywho, but that, but considering you can't get it cheaper used, it, it would probably be well within Nintendo's rights to do that and get away with it. Um and then, uh, Minish Cap. To go back to that really fast, as I didn't mention that before, a lot of the uh, used copies, um, especially if you want the box and the instructions, are going for fifty plus. You can, if you're willing to suffer with just the game cartridge only, with a possibly not so great looking label on it, you might be able to get
3: it for around thirty. And, you can probably get it for less at your local indie game store if you happen to have any in your area because a lot of them still have decent-sized used um, GBA libraries. You know, a lot of them though, in all honest, I mean,
2: well, maybe not a lot of them. But the ones that I've looked – the very few that i looked at, I usually do much most of my purchasing online. But I was out shopping the other day with a friend, and I'm sitting there looking on my cell phone at like the uh, eBay and Half.com prices and stuff. These guys are getting pretty smart at keeping their pricing pretty consistent with what's on the internet. So that you, you'll want to buy it from them because if you're going to impulse purchase it, you can go ahead and get it right there for the same prices, you know. But uh, there, there's a couple of copies out there. I've seen a couple on eBay now. For as I'm searching a little bit further, um, I don't know what kind of reviews these guys got, but I do see a couple around twenty bucks.
3: Yeah, I've seen it for twenty and a number. Are those one. auction format or buy it now?
2: Buy it now. Yeah, I don't do the auction <laughs> format and pricing. Yeah, buy it now. Pricing. I got one here for fifteen fifty nine. He had four available, but he's it says four sold. So I, I don't know why it's still listing. Maybe um,
4: because that means he's got multiple copies of it.
2: He said four listed, four sold. Does that mean he has extra extras?
4: Apparently, if if he's so, if he supposedly sold through his entire inventory, then either he's an idiot and should stop that listing right now, or. Uh,
2: Maybe you should, should update it. Maybe it needs to be updated. Yeah. So here's a here's a sealed one. Just a few more down. Uh, it almost looks like it's by the same seller. Anyways, a four and a half star uh, uh, seller or whatever it's called. Uh, Eight hundred seventy five great rating. Hundred percent positive feedback. And he's selling this brand new sealed copy for the low low price. Uh, buy it now for one hundred fifty five bucks. Oh wow! Woohoo! Who's on board <laughs> that gravy train? The seller, if he
4: makes that price take. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
2: so um, uh, Mish Cap okay game probably not worth 150 bucks but if you find it for, for 20 bucks and you're a Zelda fan you don't go ahead and snatch it up uh, Wind Waker uh, sounds like really uh, pretty, pretty. everyone's pretty much enjoying it across the board maybe not possibly mind-blowingly 99.5% like Metacritic says but a very good game overall and you can get that a little bit cheaper with an average uh, used game price around uh, 40 bucks or so so 40-50 bucks uh, so that might be worth picking up and uh, uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a break we're halfway through our zelda you know what, what do you say this was the gamecube era our gamecube marathon so we'll take a little break and we'll come back to do the other two games hold on tight on the show i suppose but 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 maybe mike and i only count like as one together so because you know we've only played like a few of these a little bit so maybe if there's only four people on the show which would match With Four Swords Adventure. See how I tied that in? See that segue? Master, master masterwork right there. We're ready to talk about The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures. This was developed and published by Nintendo for your Nintendo GameCube system. This was released in North America on June 7, 2004. A single and, dare I say, multiplayer Zelda experience.
0: With a catch.
2: With the catch. With a small, tiny little hardware
4: catch. <laughs> if you want to play it. Oh, but, 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 but I love hooking up Game Boy Advances to my GameCube and using those controllers. Doesn't everyone?
2: <laughs> so we s- did. If the cell if the shell shading wasn't a big enough controversy, who wants... I, I did the cell shading controversy. Who wants to talk about this controversy?
0: So basically, um, Nintendo announced this um, whole concept of connectivity and basically it allowed you to connect your game boy advance or game boy advance sp to your GameCube as a controller and the two big titles that came out and i think the only two titles that that came out in north america with it were zelda four swords adventures and final fantasy um who's going to carry the bucket (laughs) crystal (laughs) chronicles yay thank you (laughs) <laughs> i actually did like that game final, we called it final fantasy bucket brigade for so long that i never remember the real name because <laughs> when we first saw it at e3 they didn't have a name for it they didn't have a name for it for like months after
3: e3 oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah zelda four swords adventures um am i the only one here that played it multiplayer
1: I played a little bit with friends at college at the okay. anime club. Uh, not very much. I actually own the game, got it recently, but never touched it.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, when I was living in Manitoba, actually, um, Michael and Fox, two staff members at RP Gamer, actually came to visit me for like a week and a half. And, of course, we're all gamers. We all have Game Boy Advances at that point. So I ran over to the EB Games and I spent, you know, the I think it was $60 for three chords at that point, 60 or $70 um and we decided to play four swords adventures while they were visiting and it was great fun it was totally awesome um but you are either gonna love the people that you play with
1: or loathe them when you are done (laughs) playing this game how much do those link
4: cables run now
1: i have no idea i think they were like 10 bucks back in the day i don't know about now though they they
0: were expensive in canada yeah not so much here yeah. And I mean it was actually um it was funny because R E B. I I mean Brandon's not a huge town. Um but yeah, REB when I bought the 3 cables, I actually cleaned them out. And um the EB that I went to was basically the only place in town that had them. Microplay you could get them at, but they had to order them in. So, yeah. I think part of the problem w- with getting people together with some of this connection stuff might have been the availability of the cords. I mean, we are talking about almost 10 years ago, internet ordering wasn't exactly a commonplace thing.
3: Now, although Canada was a bit more of the frozen frontier without as much uh, technology <laughs> availability as the US, there was a lot more mail order going on in the States even back then.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. That is totally true. So, I mean, I had a great time with this game, and I, I think I have like the only staff review for it. So, um, well, isn't there a
4: single player mode that you can play?
0: Right. And it does it require a Game Boy? Probably. I, don't
4: recall
0: Hmm. um i know if you have the game boy you certainly get um enhanced information um for example if you're playing single player you are generally playing on the tv but if you go into for example a small house um the house is actually on your game boy advance screen so i mean it plays exactly like a zelda game and the cool thing is is um all of the traditional zelda tools are there um and they are both team-friendly and team-unfriendly. So um, you get bombs and you get boomerangs and you get um, some some sort of flame-creating. I don't remember if it's a lamp or a torch. Um, and these are, I believe, they're picked up from level to level. So, and anybody can... Basically, what you do is one person can use one tool per level. So if I have the bombs, no one else can use the bombs. Um, unfortunately... Mm-hmm. As it turns out, most of these things have effects on other players. For example, the boomerang can pull someone across a pit. Unfortunately, if you are standing at the edge of the pit and you fire the boomerang at them, when it lets them go, it drops them into the pit. And you can blow people up with the bombs. And you can lay people on fire. And if you pick up a vase and throw it at another player, their Game Boy Advance screen goes black.
1: So needless to say... (laughs)
0: All sorts of shenanigans can go on when you're playing this game with friends. And it got to the point where Fox in particular was not, allowed, was not allowed using certain tools, because if he did, we would never actually get through the level.
3: I can't even trust my husband to play the second player remote helper in Super Mario Galaxy, so I could never play this game with him.
1: <laughs> there was much, much chaos with my friends back at the club, <laughs> not that much, I remember. I think they had more fun just messing with, each- with the uh, items and with each other than they did going through the game. I don't ever remember going through very far through the dungeon and such.
0: Um, yes, and of course, the other thing is, is you can pick up other players, which is cool because it lets you sort of synergize how you use the tools together. For example, one of the things you can pick up is a rock feather, and you may have um, a guy with a bomb. And a second person with the rock feather and there's a really big chasm you need to get over because there's something to blow up on the other side. So the person with the rock feather picks up the person who has the bombs and jumps over the chasm and then pitches them um, off, hopefully not into the hole, and then they can use the bombs to blow up whatever obstacle is in front of them. Sounds like an excellent
4: use of cooperative play.
0: Yeah, I mean When when, you're
4: not when you're not (laughs) deliberately being a
5: jerk, right? Yeah. (laughs) When you're not,
0: you know, throwing people into pits and blowing them up with the bombs or shooting them with the arrows or dunking fire. Dunking dunking them in fire or throwing a pot onto their head or all sorts of other shenanigans that you could do. I mean this is the thing that really really makes me sad about Fourth Sword Adventures it is it is a Zelda game you know it's got beautiful graphics it's got great music it's got all of the you know fun tools and all these great mechanics and there's so much synergy that you can do playing this game whether for good or for irritation and the sheer cost of the hardware involved just turned off so many people from this game mm-hmm. I really really hope that they re-release this as a Wii U game
2: but will that, will that work with the controllers not having their separate screens?
0: Um, I think it would be okay if you had the one person who played down on the Wii U screen and the other people that had um, Wiimotes. And if you needed to do a close-up of one of the players, you know, it became a small section of the screen. I mean, I think at this point, we can presume that people have larger TVs than they did 10 years ago. Get out. I know I'm. I'm really pushing it here, but I mean, what, what
4: sci-fi universe have you just come out of?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's about. I'm, it is pretty sad, though. I mean, I, I do think about that all the time. We've had, we had back in those days, we had a 25
0: inch TV or something like that, 24 inch, and then when it broke
2: and we had to get a replacement, it ended up being like 32 inches.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had a TV for a long time that was 19 inches.
2: Yeah, and even the 32 inches is considered small. I mean, you walk into the store and they're advertising, you know, 50 plus inches for the price I paid for my 32 a while, you know, a few years
3: ago. I think
0: the one that me and Chris have is either 44 or 48.
3: Crazy. So, I'm, I'm pretty sure I played Wind Waker on like a 25 inch CRT.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we didn't have HDTV, HDTVs 10 years ago either. It makes a huge difference.
2: You know, when I was making fun of that name, I should have called it Windbreaker. What was I thinking? I'm sorry, I digressed (laughs) again.
4: (sighs) I think you'll find a way to incorporate that sometime in the future, Phil. um,
0: The the one thing that I really like about this is um, at the end of the level, um, aside from the fact that you're all competing for the Force gems that are um, within the stage, is um, everybody gets to vote. On who was the most helpful and the most irritating player, and the most helpful wins the hero of light, and the most annoying wins the hero of darkness.
4: And what happens if you get is there anything that happens if you get voted the hero of darkness a whole lot?
0: I don't remember.
3: Because if you get, like, an awesome Black Link outfit, then people would just try to be annoying. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I honestly don't remember. That's the only downside. Shadow Link. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I think sort of detracts from Four Sword Adventure is that it is kind of a short game. And a lot of the bosses and enemies that you're going to see are recycles from either um, Minish Cap or Link to the Past. There's a few new bosses and a few new items, but a lot of it is really rehash. I mean, everything looks really, really pretty. Um, You know, it basically looks like a prettier, well, Link to the Past. Um, And so, you know, again, I go back to, I just, I would love for them to remake
4: this game. It could happen. Nintendo has shown that it is that it hasn't forgotten about this series, that's for sure.
0: Right. And, I mean, one of the things that they did in the game, and I don't think they've done this in any other Zelda games, is you have uh, panic battles. And basically enemies just start flooding you. And um, I remember on the GameCube it actually caused a little bit of slowdown. There was lag in some of the panic battles if you weren't was wow. off fast enough um gamecube was really
4: really fast yeah
0: yeah and i mean that was the thing it was like wow this is causing lag that's kind of wild it was it's one of the things that stands out in my mind it's like man i remember the fact that this game lagged on my gamecube (laughs) did i ever have another gamecube game that lagged i don't think so so and i mean i don't think that concept has come back in any other zelda games
4: Hmm. unless there's some hidden part of skyward sword no one ever talks about could
0: be so yeah i mean great gameplay good music a little short um and you've got to have the hardware for it so yeah that's that's
4: that's a sizable investment
3: well there there is a four swords adventure on the 3ds um so you can play it i think it was free for a while yes Um, i have that yeah you you can play it with
1: sorry I'm sorry. I think it's just the same version that came in the uh, on the GBA version of A Link to the Past. I believe that's what it was. That would be oh, really support. I think that was part of the Ambassador
2: program
0: too. I think I yeah, got that. But it wasn't Four Swords Adventures. It was Four it's, Swords. Yeah, it's just regular Four Swords. Yeah. Uh,
3: okay, I didn't know there was it's a different difference.
0: distinction. Yeah. So Four Swords was originally sort of like this sort of proof of concept tech demo, little entertaining side story that came with the Game Boy Advance version of Link to the Past. Ah, okay. And it was super short, it had very little depth, and then they realized that, hey, this could be a whole game concept, and they decided to tie it into the Nintendo Connectivity, and they called it Four Swords Adventures.
1: Oddly enough, Four Swords is apparently figured into the timeline. I don't understand, you'd think that was just a, you know, it's a little side thing. It, no, because
0: British Cap was...
1: Yes, okay. but I mean, not Four Swords Adventure, the, the Four Swords on the uh, on the GBA. Yeah. I don't know, I just thought that's unusual since it seems to be more of like a side thing than something I would figure into the grand scheme of things. (laughs) It occurs after the Minish Cap, but before Ocarina of Time, if you're curious. I think it's just that
4: the the Zelda people had, they were going to do this. They had to do the whole thing. Might as well include Four Swords because otherwise we didn't do the whole thing.
3: Yeah, and you know the fans would be like, but what about Four Swords? Where's that go?
4: (laughs) That goes uh, in the black hole between...
3: Yeah, the Super
4: Nintendo (laughs) N64. Hmm.
2: Okay, well, um, and you know what? The only way to really experience Four Swords... Is to is to dump a lot of money on it because I mean you have to buy all the hardware of course which thankfully can be bought a lot cheaper nowadays. Game Boy Advances, uh, you can find used ones for around uh, twenty to forty bucks. You can um, use the SP, right? Yes. Yeah, I would think so. And then, but 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 you know I know what you're saying, to yourself, but but Phil, you know I mean back in the day when you experienced Four Swords, you bought those Game Boy SPs or whatever a lot more money. And you're saying Phil, if I try to go and experience it today, those Game Boys are going to be so cheap, I'm not getting the right experience. I'm not getting the full experience. Well, I'm here to help you out, my friend. Because, looking, thanks to our good friends at eBay, you can actually pay up to $200 for a shrink wrap copy of the game, clearly making up for the fact that you're making such a windfall by buying all the Game Boy Advances so cheap. How much are the link cables? <laughs> well, I don't know how
4: much the link cables are. Those are yeah, now, yeah, the I, GBA see- to GameCube oh. link cable.
2: How much is that? all right. Let's see. GBA link cable Well, he's looking that up.
0: I seem to recall that if you had a link cable into your SP, you couldn't tip the top screen all the way back.
2: Oh, yeah. That would make sense. There's not a lot of room back there. Is I, think,
0: I think you had to keep it at basically a 90-degree angle.
2: Yeah, they're pretty cheap on eBay. The cables are just 10 bucks. So, I mean, I know people will be disappointed <laughs> that those, the Game Boys and the Game Boy, you know, cables are so cheap.
1: So by all the means... are the same prices they were back in the day. Back days. in the
2: day. So by all means, go and buy the freshly sealed copy so that you feel that you're getting the full experience of what people experienced back in those days where they spent all the money on the hardware to, to play this. And then after you've spent a combined total of probably well over $300 on this, <laughs> and you're getting that full experience... Write us at RP Gamer and Tell us, was it worth it?
3: Don't Good. forget you also have to buy a house to keep all that stuff in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need to buy some fuses for your fuse box.
3: I <laughs> you, stole that joke from Penny Arcade.
2: There you go. Um okay so that is four swords adventures let's see i think there's another i, I you know forgettable game on this list I, you know just something that no one ever hardly ever plays or talk about so
0: well and its acronym is tp yeah
2: <laughs> Come on! Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess, developed and published by Nintendo, released on the... Wait a minute, the GameCube. There it is. released on the GameCube in December 11, 2006. They they kind of confused me here and put the Wii version on top. Uh, released on well, the Wii. Well, it did come out yeah, first on the didn't Wii. It, didn't yeah. Did
4: it come out for the Wii like a month before for the Wii launch, and then the GameCube version came
2: out? It came yeah. according to uh, yeah, it came out a few yeah, about three four weeks before November 19, 2006, on the Wii. This is a a single-player action RPG. Did I get this on the Wii or... I think I got the GameCube version of
4: this. I found once upon a time at a pawn shop that the GameCube version fetches a whole lot more money now for some reason.
2: You know, I, I got the GameCube version of this because I didn't have a Wii at the time, and I ended up getting a Wii later when Ma found it on sale, and she was at the store. She's like, hey, you want me to pick it up for you? I'm like, yeah, go ahead, and I regret it. Um, so, okay, Zelda Wii. Well, at least I got some good RPGs towards the end. Uh, let's see. Zelda Wii. Uh, let's go,
4: what was it? Uh, hey, the, the GameCube's RPG library is better than the N64s. i oh, that's yeah. not I'm not, I'm not really saying much, am I? That's like <laughs> saying it's a better movie than Battlefield Earth.
3: <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now, while Phil's looking that up, one of the most important things about the early Twilight Princess days was the epic E3 reaction to its reveal, <laughs> in which oh, yeah. came Link journalists,
1: wow, oh my god, oh my god,
3: like people crap their pants. It's pretty hilarious looking up on YouTube. Let's see. Well, it we got
2: a. Um, I mean, Metacritic says that the got a ninety five, ninety six. So I'm sure, um, RP Gamer. I'm sure we gave it a five out of five, didn't we? Anna, you know, <laughs> you're gonna make me Google that too. All hang
0: right. on, hang on. No, 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 no. I got it. We gave it a four
2: out of five. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no, which we version? did not. Or GameCube?
0: Um.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: I can't tell from this Wait, he's he's no
2: longer with... I mean, Michael Beckett or whatever Did we fire him after that review? Is that what happened? Because I'm sure sure Um, that's what happened.
0: No, the first Twilight Princess review was written by Jordan Jackson.
2: Oh, he's been fired, too, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, he was fired.
2: I mean, how (laughs) dare he give a Zelda game less than a 6 out of 5.
0: Oh, he wasn't fired for his reviews.
2: (laughs) He wasn't fired for his reviews. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the Wii version, just looking at, we'll start off with the price instead of ending with it. The Wii version, you can get so much on the cheap. I mean, yeah, five, five ten bucks after shipping, maybe 12 bucks used brand new in the shrink wrap, 20 bucks. Woohoo. But if you want the GameCube version, which is what I have, uh, that's like at least 45 bucks used and brand new in a shrink wrap. I only see one copy so far that I've been able to find for like a hundred bucks. So wow.
1: Hmm.
3: Uh-uh-uh. Oh, wait, I see that the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Wii version got a 4.5 from one Adrian Denoden. Go,
2: Adrian. Bring in the bacon home. Wait a minute. How dare he not give it a 6? Adrian, what's your problem? 4.5. Blasphemous. <sighs> Next thing you know, he's going to give a Star Ocean game That's a low Adrian. rating. Yeah. How dare
4: he court such blatant controversy.
3: mm mm <laughs>
2: All right, so who wants to talk about the deep plot of Twilight Princess? Not all at once. This one actually has a story. Somebody speak about it.
1: Well, more so than the past game. That's what I'm saying.
2: So one of y'all should be able to go to town on this. Cassandra, go.
1: Okay, let me see here. Well, this, again, to figure into the timeline, it takes place in the quote-unquote child timeline, like some centuries after Majora's Mask. Link is growing up in a, he's grown up in a small village, Ordana village, was it, I believe? And he's a shepherd, a rancher, something like that. In fact, one of the first things you do is herd a bunch of these odd bighorn goat sheep things using a pona. But anyways, uh, well, he, uh, exactly happened first? It seems, like, it seems like a lot goes on, but not in any way I can put it together. Okay, this will help here. Okay, one day the village is attacked by monsters, they carry off the village children. Wait, attacked by monsters?
4: Get out!
1: I know. So then he Link pursues them, but then he gets pulled into the Twilight Realm where he gets turned into a wolf, which is one sort of the major mechanic here other than the whole Twilight Realm, regular realm thing. You can turn into a wolf and, you know, attack things and go into certain areas and, you know, track scents and such. Anyway, Link is freed by a the sort of the the exposition fairy of this game, an imp-like creature called Midna, who is really prone to snark. She takes him to Zelda, and Zelda explains tells him about to the king of the twilight of the uh, Twilight Realm, who's trying to take over the light world of Hyrule. And of course, you know, and of course, Link has to save the realm because you know he's Link. That's what he does. In any of his incarnations, uh, they, let me see here, what happened? I don't know, you have to collect various things, few shadows in order to beat back the Twilight Realm. Eventually find out that Xant, uh, the, ki- uh, the King Xant just usurped the throne from Midna. She used to be, she was going to be crowned queen of the Twilight people. And she was turned into an imp-like creature by Zant. And Zant was helped by some strange godlike creature, which later turns out to be Ganondorf. Shocking. <gasps> Hijacked by Ganondorf.
4: If we had that dun-dun-dun sound effect, we would play it here.
1: So yeah, after Link beats Zant, you know, Ganondorf shows himself and he has to fight off Ganondorf. He beats him, of course. Midna regains her true form and returns to the Twilight Realm, breaking the mirror that enabled Link to go into the Twilight Realm, into the regular realm, and all is more or less well, those I recall. Link leaves his his home village of Ordana in search of something, though it's never said what. Oh, I know what it is. What is it? <laughs> it's a cure for the fleas that he gets. Ah, uh, of course.
4: <laughs> that makes sense. Wolves have a hard time keeping the fleas off.
1: And I guess they would not disappear just because he turns back into a Highland. <laughs> and yeah, as I recall, there was a, like there was a bit of a side story explained to the Twilight pe- to the Twily, the Twilight people. They were a group of dark mages or something that were trying to steal the Triforce, so the the gods sealed them away into the Twilight Realm where they became peaceful beings, but that's when Zant got all angry because he wanted to be king, and then he got in contact with Ganondorf and turned the Twilight people into monsters and invaded Hyrule. Just a sort of interesting note into the big picture of things.
3: Also, Twilight Princess is home to the scariest shop in Zelda's history, the Mallow Wait,
4: wait, 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 wait. We haven't mentioned Tingle in this whole discussion, and I know oh. he's in some of these games.
1: He's not in Twilight Princess, but he was in Wind Waker and in the Minish Cap. Was he in Four Swords Adventure? I don't know. Nope.
4: All right. We, we haven't mentioned Tingle at all, and I know people out there familiar American with Tingle. Tingle. Yes. Tingle Please. Is <laughs> For I people, thought man. we were
0: specifically not mentioning him.
4: Anna, we have to be thorough. If we don't mention Tingle and people spy him in these games, what will they think of us? They will think that we deliberately concealed him. Now, would that be right? And
0: and we will have to apologize to our throng of <laughs> listeners for ignoring the creepy little pedo guy who dresses up like
1: an elf.
3: And likes rupees a lot.
1: And he thinks he's a fairy or he wants to become a fairy. Something like that. He thinks he's a fairy.
0: No, no, he thinks he's a... Um,
3: the reincarnation of the fairy, right? Yeah, with pointy ears. He's basically Michael Jackson meets Peter Pan. Oh! <laughs> you know what?
4: It's been long enough that you can make that joke. Too soon.
3: Not too soon. No, it is not oh, too yeah. soon. Not too
1: soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's better he had a couple of very similar-looking brothers in um, Wind Waker and in Minish Cap. They, they Basically, they looked just like him, except they were in different colored clothing. There's like, David Jr., and I don't remember. He, they were just as creepy as he was. <laughs>
4: So Tingle's family is a large one. That's exactly what we needed to hear. <laughs> that, that explains the guy who did the cosplay as Tingle in the EGM photo spread. And if you've and never seen him, he is out there, a grown they man they who don't cosplayed think as that the Tingle. The
3: words Tingle and spread should be used <laughs> anywhere near each other.
4: Um I I don't care to ever see those words associated with each other again, but I'm sure it's already happened somewhere and that thought frightens me more than What's happening in Syria right now?
0: Somewhere out there, somebody is shipping Tingle, and it terrifies us all.
4: Okay, now now that we've done our duty and mentioned Tingle.
1: Who is not in this game.
4: (laughs) No, although there are two
1: clownish-looking characters that are somewhat reminiscent of him. Like the guy
3: who runs the counter behind the Malomer. Yeah. Okay, that's,
4: that's an even more comforting thought that Nintendo's developers thought, well, we, we shouldn't have Tingle be overused. Let's get a couple of characters inspired by Tingle and put them in.
0: Dude, Tingle has two games in Japan starring well, one him. Of, one of
4: them's in Europe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the other one I think only was ever, was like a Nintendo award. Might have been like a Nintendo Club award. It's basically um, Balloon Fight with Tingle.
3: It was a Nintendo booby prize for people who didn't get enough Nintendo points. There. Ah, thank you. <laughs> if only that were true.
4: Now that we've thoroughly derailed ourselves, let's get back to Twilight Princess.
1: Okay, one thing I kind of remember, oddly, is this uh, one of the side quests you had to do was collecting a bunch of bugs for this odd girl in, like, go- gothic Lolita clothing called Agatha, I think. She, she likes bugs. She wants to collect bugs for her because she wants to throw a tea party with them or something. And if you leave her house and you still have bugs on him, she will creepily say something like, I know you have bugs on you. (laughs) Wait, how does she get
4: her bugs to sit still for the tea party? Uh,
1: I don't know. (laughs) Yeah,
3: there are a number of creepy things in Twilight Prince. Unintentionally creepy. (laughs) I don't know if Agatha was unintentionally creepy. (laughs) Yeah, she may have been intentionally creepy. Mallow, I think, was unintentionally creepy. He was a creepy bald baby. (laughs) Mm, Well,
4: babies are inherently creepy. It, maybe that's just because I watched a creepy baby movie. Never mind.
3: Yeah, there are, there are oh. a number of mini games in this one. Um, this, this game has the distinction of being the only Zelda game in which I never really figured out how to fish. It was complicated.
1: I managed to, though I couldn't tell you how I did it. <laughs> like, I remember actually doing it.
3: It took well, okay. me like that half hour to do the freaking fishing tutorial at the very beginning of the game, and I almost threw my controller. Hmm. That was the Wii mote, though. That was on the, the Wii. I, I played the Wii version of the game, and I think they were extra fiddly. Bits. Yeah, did, did you, yeah, did you did you play now it I on
4: Wii, I. Cassandra? Okay, I
3: played
1: it on the Wii.
4: Anna, did you play Wii?
0: I actually never played this game. I watched um, my boyfriend play
4: it. And which one was he playing? Uh, Wii. Okay. Now I remember at the I time mean, the reviews were very very positive. Yes, this really sells us on the Wii mote. This thing is really good. How would it hold up now if we were talking about the control aspect?
1: It's Um, no Skyward Sword, I'll tell you that. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it does a relatively good job at keeping the waggle to the things you
3: really need to waggle for. And the pointer controls, when they were used, were pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: so, they were actually really nicely tuned. And um, I
3: liked the sword control because I was just like, "Wee! I
1: have a sword! <laughs> I didn't really yeah, that was care fun
3: that training. it didn't matter how you wiggled it.
1: Yeah, as long as you swung it in. <laughs> yeah,
3: pretty much. Because, <laughs> you know, I'd just gotten
1: the Wii, and I was like, yay! Yeah, I
3: played um, a lot know, of um, Dragon Quest,
0: and I actually think it was called Dragon Quest Sword. yeah. yeah.
1: Math queen in a tower of mirrors or something oh
0: yeah. that game hurt my arm so much <laughs> especially
3: if you had to use the shield
0: oh
1: yeah I've ever found a copy of that in stores i'm trying to remember i think did, didn't you have to thrust
3: the nunchuck forward to use the shield in twilight princess too yeah yeah, yeah right. i believe you did yeah, that's the one. That's the one motion no one should ever have programmed into a Wii game because it was really fiddly. <laughs> it didn't always work. Yeah, <laughs> and you could you could kind of put your arm out of its socket trying to do it. Like, stop you, it!
0: You were work. better off rolling towards the enemy than you were using the shield.
3: Yeah, I pretty much got around using the shield anyway I could. But this game also had some of the awesome, some of the some of the coolest dungeons in in the whole series. Actually,
0: yeah, the dungeon
3: designs were
1: really neat. I think my favorite
3: was the. Um, the the gear skateboard kinda dungeon. Oh yeah,
1: that whatever that thing was called. I love that boss fight against the giant skeleton creature, the stal stalord or something. That yeah, was you're basically
3: riding a spinning gear around in a tower and and shooting mm-hmm. at the guy. It was pretty pretty cool.
1: Hmm. Oh, there was also a fight against a, a giant, a, a large dragon near the end of the game, uh, like Twilight Dragon, something with an A. You had to use double hook shots to get onto his back and then strike him. That was also pretty cool.
3: Yeah. And the um, ice dungeon was pretty neat, too. And it had the cute little abominable snowman people. and
1: The Yeti, had... yeah. Yeah. They, they had some, some
3: segments that were quite different from what you usually see in Zelda and that we haven't seen since, which is kind of cool. Oh, knows it's a boy. <laughs> Ooh, I just got a,
2: I got a tingle up my back. It must be Michael Apps. What? Up?
4: <laughs> well, he just well, Mr. called you Apps. Tingle. Are you going <laughs> to sit down
3: for that? <laughs>
4: uh oh. Yeah, surely you have deep and philosophical me- musings on the character of Tingle, Mr. Apps. Duh. So that, <laughs> that's hard to render in the in the Roman alphabet, but I think it gets the point across.
1: Again, Americans hate not tingle appearing in this game. Why? Well, that's,
4: because, that's because Why? he wasn't here for us to talk tingle about Wind Waker with him.
5: So and did I, you I, play I, tingle? Or... Tingle, I hate you. Just give me maps. That's all I want. <laughs> Just leave me alone.
0: <laughs> so we're uh, talking about Twilight Princess. Did you play it?
5: Ah, good old Twilight Princess, I did Did you play the Wii or the
4: Gamecube Gamecube? Ooh. Ah. then you can offer a useful
5: analysis of the possibly the differences if there are any uh well, for one in the Wii version, the world has been like completely flipped I hear uh that's yeah, very true,
4: yeah.
1: yeah,
0: so um Zelda or link is left handed and always has been Um, because the artist that draws him is left-handed and so when they decided to put it on both gamecube and Wii, they realized very quickly that right right hand is just dominant right Mm -hmm. so what they did is when they they made the gamecube version and then they inverted everything and put it out as the wii version so there's actually two different strategy guides there's two different all sorts of there's two different everything basically for the two games all the maps and stuff are inverted so if you have post they only work for one game or the other they don't work for both so yeah it was a fun time
5: yeah so i guess you could say i played the game in the originally intended orientation
3: <laughs> for what that's worth oh.
5: yes
1: it well, was the system was meant to be on until they said hey let's put it let's shift this to the wii launch because yes, because
4: that simpsons episode notwithstanding there just aren't as many lefties as you'd expect out in the market Never mind, nobody remembers that Simpsons episode.
5: Oh, with the Leftorium. Yes. Yes, this game would be sold at the Leftorium, or the GameCube version, that is. Well, and is
3: now, right <laughs> Skyward <laughs> being oppressed. But
5: yeah, I actually played that version because I only had a GameCube at the time. I hadn't gotten a Wii yet.
4: Oh, yes, that was back in the time when Wii's were actually very hard to come by.
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Boy, but
4: 2006 I, doesn't feel like that long ago, but mentioning that time, it really does feel oh. like a long time ago. Oh,
5: God. Oh. Yikes. Oh.
1: Right. If if still did, a senior, not a right, senior, a sophomore yeah. in college. I,
5: I was just, still in my 20s.
0: Oh. I was living in the middle of nowhere.
3: <laughs> my life is basically the same. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh,
3: <laughs>
4: You mean you attained a workable lifestyle and have been using it ever since? Gosh, I'm so sorry to tag you with that <laughs> line.
3: <laughs> uh, I do remember this was the first game I played on the Wii. We, we ha- happened to wander into an EB Games one day, and um, we're standing near the back, and one of the staff went in the back, and we saw, like, three Wii boxes in the back. We're like, "Wait, it's a Wii. So when I ran up to the front desk, we're like, excuse me, do you huh? happen to have any Wiis in stock? And they were like, yes. <laughs>
1: That's great. I actually got mine at launch. I went to the you know midnight launch and everything. So that was pretty cool.
0: I uh, I was actually an employee of EB Games at that point, And I booked the day off to make sure that I could play all day Sunday. Because as a Nintendo prod- product, it was launched Sunday. So at about 11.30 or 11.40, um, I went into the mall. And there was already a lineup outside of EB of, of basically moms and their kids. And I walked around the, the line. And... The, for some reason, they had started the line right in front of the door. So I was like, excuse me, guys. And this lady in the front gives me this snotty look and is like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to let you cut in line. And the manager of the store walks up to the door and gives the move, you know, gives the sort of wave, you know, move back lady, um, gesture at her, opens the door, lets me in. And I close the door and lock it behind me and wave at her. <laughs> And then, of course, I come out and I have a big, you know, I have a Wii U and
1: or a Wii in my hand in a bag, and I'm like, "Thanks, ladies, have fun waiting." Actually, i just remembering now. On uh, that same midnight launch, a friend of mine was there, and he cosplayed as Link and actually held up his Wii as it, as Link holding hold up a knight over his head, <laughs> making that sound effect. I, I almost forgot about that. Uh, that's awesome.
4: Well, after all, what else was there at the Wii's launch that you would want to play immediately?
0: Um, Wii Sports? Yeah. (laughs) Something
4: that didn't come with the system.
1: (laughs) Um, Was Red Steel
0: out at launch? I don't think so. It was a launch window, but I don't think it was launch itself. That launch window just keeps getting wider. (laughs) (laughs) What
5: was there at launch? Wasn't there a Trauma Center game? Uh... I
1: think that came later.
0: Yeah, I, I think remember. that was also Launch Window. I don't remember buying any games with my Wii.
1: I, I just, I just bought Twilight Princess with it. And that was my only game for quite a while, because I still had a backlog of GameCube games to get through.
5: I played Splinter Cell. That was not Which a one? great port. Uh, what the heck was the name of that one? Splinter Whatever Cell. Whatever the launch
4: with Splinter Cell for Wii was, I guess.
5: Uh, double Agent or something? Yes, Winter Cell Double Agent.
0: Yeah, I might have picked up like a licensed game that I hadn't picked up on um, the GameCube yet or something like that. But yeah, there really wasn't much at the Wii's launch.
4: Yeah, and there's obviously no other opportunity on the RPG backtrack where we can talk about the Wii's
5: launch, so we have to do it now. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're saying the Wii didn't have a robust launch RPG lineup? I'm saying that for pretty much every console ever created.
0: (laughs) No, that's not true. This is something we talked about on the RPG cast this week. There were four launch RPGs for the PS2. Summoner. Dark Cloud. And I don't remember the other two, because honestly, they all sucked. Yeah, it was a
3: launch game. (laughs) They were all terrible. It was numerous, but not
0: robust. (laughs) (laughs) It was quantity over quality.
4: Well... Joseph Stalin said quantity has a quality all its own, but I don't know how applicable he is to the RPG discussion.
3: I'd like to think that we don't use him as a model for much <laughs> that we want to do.
4: <laughs> well, he's a great model for how to compel people to do what you want, but I think I've uh, derailed this even further, which was not really my intent. <laughs> More Twilight Princess talk. How does it look now versus how it looked back then when everybody was gushing over, oh my god, realistically proportioned
1: Link, this is awesome! Dated. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I preferred Wind Waker and Skyward Sword over these graphics.
5: I think it looks nice. I and mean, it still looks cool, but it, it definitely shows its age. Yeah, no, it's kind of dated. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of dated. Okay. Uh, I mean, you just compare it to Wind Waker; obviously, uh, completely different art styles. But uh, yeah, you didn't get the chance you... to
4: talk about Wind Waker well, yet. And we, yes,
5: we, I mean we talked about, and we've talked about this in plenty
2: of our shows before. How when you do something more abstract, or you go for cell shading, or anything like that, it just always helps up better over the test of time than That's 3D true. polygon realistic wannabe graphics. <laughs>
5: Yeah, but I think uh, Wind Waker did a better job at what it was aiming for than Twilight Princess did, anyway. You're saying it was uh, better
2: design, like to, yes. to to what they were aiming to do. Exactly.
3: Yeah, Twilight Princess went a little bit too far into the brown is good territory. Yeah, it was.
2: <laughs> yes, no, that's that. Yeah, <laughs> in my small amount of time in the game, the first thing was like, ooh, brown, <laughs> a little too realistic, gritty. They're trying to get
4: too gritty with this. Well, brown is a very realistic color. All you have to do is kill all the vegetation around you to get tons of brown. So if you, like, fall after everything is dead, then this is the game style for you, I guess. Toronto in late November.
0: But before they call in the army because of the snow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even live here then.
4: (laughs) So does the color green actually make an appearance aside from Link's outfit anywhere in
1: the game? Oh, there, there's at least one forest area, I believe, uh, beginning of the but game. Is it,
4: but is it gritty and grungy to keep with the realistic scene? No,
1: no.
0: it's actually pretty sunny. It's, okay. it's a yeah, tutorial, there's... how they teach you how to waggle. Yep. Oh, so
4: you, so they get area. that out of the way at the beginning of the game and then never go back to the green. Correct. Teach you how to waggle?
5: I I did not experience that with this game. <laughs> huh. That must have been well, teach, me, you... teach me how to use the B button. Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> did, which one is that again?
5: Is it the red one or the big green one? I Don't know.
3: It's the red one. I miss the GameCube controller. I love that. Controller. I
5: kind of loved the GameCube controller.
3: It had different size buttons; you could feel which one was which. It's great.
4: <laughs> it's almost like Miyamoto knew what he was doing when he designed that. What are the odds? Anyway. Hmm. Okay. So, um, well, I guess we should cover the sound aspect since we haven't mentioned that
1: okay music guys couldn't really i kind of remember some tunes but the music wasn't terribly memorable nor was there anything like that really stood out like the dragon roost island theme from wind waker and lots of voice clips though of course no voice acting <laughs> their lips move though go figure
3: phil i dare you to use the malo song as one of the uh, musical interludes
4: link it up we'll put it in there i
3: can, I can link it up <laughs>
4: As for voice acting, I think everyone still has the the cartoon from the late '80s in their minds when they think of no!
1: speaking. No, <laughs> or even better, the CDI games. Ah, uh, well. When I'm
4: crouching, me. you can make me do the duck walk. Cool, huh? Oh my god! I bet
2: you there's just some things they wish they could delete from Zelda history.
4: <laughs> I think Nintendo just takes. Secret pride in having licensed Zelda to Philips, a company with so few owners that the ac- the number of people who have actually played those games is, uh, what, a couple hundred? Maybe more? If that. Yeah. Does anyone know anyone who ever owned a CDI? Yes. <laughs> you do? Oh. Yes. You're the first person I've ever met in that We category. did not
0: own it. We knew someone that did.
4: Okay. That's still more, a a lot better than I've ever done.
0: They were the same people that they didn't own the Atari, they owned the Sears version. Yeah. Back when those. I'm trying to think of the name of that stupid thing. It wasn't called an Atari, it was called the Sears something something.
4: Not the ColecoVision, was it? Huh? Not one of the Vision things, the Intellivision or ColecoVision? No, no,
0: it wasn't. It was an Atari, but it wasn't called an Atari. And it had, like, the awful, like, um, wood paneling like you saw in old cars, just like an Atari. I'll have to look it up later.
4: Yeah, that sounds like something Atari should have sued over, but didn't.
0: No, it was a licensed product. So if you actually look at old advertisements for games, it would would be like plays on your Atari 1600 and the Sears yada yada.
4: Okay, yeah, I'm not remembering this at all. Thanks, now you're making me feel inadequate. Okay, (laughs) um... (laughs) Have we run out of Twilight Princess stuff to talk about? Is that why we're talking about Sears knockoffs of the Atari 2600?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it might be time to wrap this one up. Uh, Okay, Mr. Apps, you didn't get
4: to say anything about the Minish Cap or Four Swords Adventures. Uh, Speak on them if
5: you wish. Or Wind Um... Waker. Uh, uh, Wind Windwacker, I absolutely adored that game, although I would, like many others, ignored it for the art style for way too Wait long. Wait a minute!
0: Did you just call it the Wind Whacker?
5: <laughs> no, I hope not.
0: Okay, let's we'll listen uh, back to the show.
5: Uh, Minish Cap, pretty good. Uh, didn't really love it. Um, Four Swords, eh? Uh, you, mean you didn't have
4: four GBAs and four link cables to properly appreciate the multiplayer
5: aspect. Uh, I did, and we didn't really have that great a time with it. You'll
4: have to
2: go back and listen down you know, to this recording earlier, where I explained, though that our gamers today can still enjoy the financial investment aspect and how they can do so <laughs> by buying the new game in the shrink wrap for only two hundred bucks. So there you go. At least you can at least feel what you know people felt when they bought all that hardware, you know, out of your pocket. Anyways, keep going. I'm yeah. sorry, I, I, I interrupted
5: again. Okay. Uh, Wind Waker again, uh, amazing game, and i will argue that to anyone who hates the game um and again twilight princess liked it had a great time with it not quite as good as windaker and certainly not as pretty which definitely goes against
4: what the gaming press said at the time well of course okay minky did
2: did you just uh did you invite this guy on the show too what did I tell you about inviting people on the show who give any Zelda game less than a six out of five? What is your problem? Oh, we gotta have more rigorous standards on this show. Oh my so gosh! What would you
4: give it, Phil? Which one? Wind Waker.
2: Wind Walker? Uh, you know, a six out of five. You know, I, I I thought about long and hard, and oh man, six out of five.
5: You have chosen wisely. <laughs> yeah. And
4: what would you give Twilight Princess?
2: You know, that one's a little different, Um, you know, with the different color scheme, different control mechanisms. I'm going to have to say a six out of five for that
4: one. Mm, Interesting. I do remember EGM gave it a platinum award,
5: three tens.
3: And nowadays it has a lot of haters.
5: (laughs) I am one of them at times.
4: In relative terms, of course.
5: Yeah, of course. Uh, Honestly, the only Zelda game I dislike is two.
2: You know, when you consider it, though, in light of the history of when it came out, and the uh, fact that it had some really great side-scrolling 2D action,
5: you've no got failed. to kind no. of lean towards a no. 6 out of 5 on that one. No, I have hated so that game like since I was a child. <laughs> No, yeah, 2
2: is awesome. I, I I, actually, did I beat that one? I mean, I had it when I beat the first one with the help from Nintendo Power, of course. I'm trying to remember if I beat the second one or not with the help from Nintendo Power. I remember I tried really hard if I didn't beat it. I was really trying hard. Damn, three
1: lives. Uh, I think my favorite thing about that game was the fact I managed to beat it. It's just like, good, I can never play this again because I finished it. <laughs>
2: You know, that feel, you know, I mean, other people might give that game a three out of five or something, but that feeling of accomplishment you get when you finally beat it
4: easily jumps it up to a six out of five. And what about the only two other 2D side-scrolling Zelda games, which will oh, no. be found on the CDI, no. Phil? No. You know,
2: I have to freely admit that those are just a little rough around the edges. But some of the most famous quotes we have from the Zelda series come directly from those games. I, I think the fact that they're so memorable, I I think you're going to have to give that one a 6 out of 5. Both of them, actually. you know i think you might have to combine them together to get that six out of five but you know just (laughs) (laughs) or they
4: get individually
2: no you really can't tear them apart they're kind of joined at the hip they're like two halves of a whole you know you you, you can't tear them apart it's like tearing apart zelda and link you can't do it you can't have one without the other no six out of five no two two halves of a really great hole Come on, man, it's got animation in it. What other Zelda game has such graceful animation? Beautiful, gorgeous, hand drawn graphics. You don't get that anywhere else. Drawn with somebody's weaker hand,
1: maybe.
2: <laughs> with their left hand. They drew it they drew it offhand. <laughs> I've done that before. I've done so I guess I do artwork sometimes. I don't know offhand. It really doesn't look that great, but it looked great in Zelda. Somehow it just clicked. Somehow it works. And Ganon never looked better.
4: Oh my gosh. Oh, well,
1: that's Ooh.
4: true. As the Angry Video Game Nerd put it, he makes the Zelda from the cartoon series look badass. Oh,
2: put that put that <laughs> link in the show notes, too. People need to go and see that. If they have not seen the Angry Game's nerd review on that, they have not lived. Uh, that is the only way that you should experience it. That's, that, that's, that's what I give the six out of five, the Angry Video Game Reviews <laughs> review on it. Maybe not the game itself, but the review, damn it, deserves a six out of five. <laughs>
5: Watching him suffer?
2: Watching him suffer as he plays through it. Oh, that was hilarious. I I saved that video on my hard drive. It was so good. Oh, my goodness. Ah, boy. Alrighty. Well, it sounds like we're ready for another break. Uh, We're going to come back and wrap this show up with our final app. Let's see here. Our next, so this is the final lap where we just kind of do a little kitchen sink stuff. And part of that kitchen sink stuff, I'm going to take a look here at our next show. It is Devil Doll. We're going to be talking about some wacky, crazy shimigami Tensei games, Devil Summoner games to be specific. So you. Midokuzunoha. Yeah, that that's all you guys i i played Shin Megami Titsa games But I haven't made it to the summoner games yet I did pick them up and add them to the Vast and growing backlog that I have Just because I didn't want to finally get to it And see it cost $500 but, um, They're But atlas
4: games, that was probably a good idea I
2: know, you just <laughs> can never be too careful With those darn atlas games uh, but that's what we'll be talking about next time. Did we have good comments about our last show, Mike? I wonder. We
4: actually had a few. Yeah. Well, I think one of our guests right now wrote at least one of them. <laughs> Didn't you, Cassandra? Perhaps. No, no, I don't
2: see Cassandra. I see somebody named Strawberry Eggs, Ombre, Balance. I don't see no Cassandra.
4: <laughs> Let's see. So, so, Cassandra, how how likely are you now to pick up either of the Guard games?
1: Not terribly. I,
4: I've called <laughs> I can't imagine why. Did we not sell you on their numerous highly positive and uncritical aspects?
1: It was certainly an entertaining listen, <laughs> but I'm afraid, no, you haven't sold me. No way!
2: Way!
1: Sorry, no
4: way that was a reflex. <laughs> uh, uh, how about, about near? I understand that got a much more positive reception. Yeah, did
2: you rush on by near? Is it uh, near to your heart now?
1: It's uh, My interest has peaked. I guess we'll see.
2: It's not near to your bosoms yet? What are you waiting for, Christmas? Come on. Jeez. What else do we have to do?
5: I think it's nearly time to buy near.
2: (sighs) Oh, look. Hombre says, all I have to say is, no way! Way! (laughs) Uh, Well... Now look, I'm thinking about Wayne's World. He may look at near. Yeah, we have to do a Wayne's World show. I mean, wasn't there a Wayne's World RPG? I mean, I know there was a Nintendo action game or two.
4: Uh, there, if there was an RPG, it was unlicensed. There's, there's just that crappy Super Nintendo one. I played it. I know it's crappy. <laughs> and the presumably crappy Nintendo one that I did not play, but I'll believe it. I'll believe it was crap.
2: Mm. Oh, it's all about the crap. Crappy game. Wayne's World! That was pretty funny, though. Now everyone's gonna. Now it's stuck in my head. Now it's gonna be stuck in
4: everybody's head. It's gonna be stuck in your head too. Woohoo! All right. Wayne's World. Party time!
5: It's excellent.
2: Oh yeah, they had a really cool song too. That was cool. Oh. Oh. I don't know if everybody thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. All right, so as I mentioned before, I've been doing for the last show or two my top ten countdown with honorable mentions of my favorite RPGs of all time as we count down to our 100th show where I will mention my absolute favorite, subjectively favorite RPG of all time that nobody in the world can guess.
5: Final Fantasy VI?
2: Okay, hush. Okay, I didn't ask you. You can't guess it when I say you can't guess it. I mean, look, you can't. Okay, so bad. I kick you off the show. All right, where was I?
4: Well, it's clearly not Draken Guard.
0: It's Blue Dragon, isn't it?
2: You know, you, oh my God, now you've done spoiled it for everybody. Good going.
5: Gosh. Oh man, you should you should cue up the boss music man. right here. <laughs>
2: number 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 nine is, since we were talking about number Zelda nine. Number, number nine yeah we should do it number nine Zelda Link to the Past I, I struggled between Zelda Link to the Past and the original Zelda because the original Zelda just I mean It was really, for me at the time, the first Nintendo RPG type of game. I had played pen and paper RPGs. I had, I think, I don't remember if I had farted around with the Commodore D&D versions of the games yet. But Zelda was just this entirely, you know, different and and at the time just absolute mind-blowing experience. It just consumed, you know, every free free moment that I had. And uh, I wasn't happy until I got a copy of Nintendo Power to tell me how to beat the bloody thing.
0: I have a dumb question.
2: Stupid bombs.
0: Was Zelda even in the first game?
2: Uh yeah yeah she's at the end she kind of looked like Princess Peach not much different in my opinion when you finally made it to her and began and stuff and then I can't remember if she said she was in another castle or not no that's a different game um
1: no she said you were the hero you of were high the role. hero yeah. <laughs>
2: And then you unlocked, or something, the harder version. You know, just in case the first one was masochistic enough with trying to find those bloody hidden dungeon or something. And in the second one, all the bloody dungeons were practically hidden. Pain in the ass. I don't know anybody who goes through that second one on their own. If somebody is really that did that, went through the second one without the help from a help guide, uh, Nintendo Power or whatever have you, God bless you, because everything was hidden there. And you'd have to go and burn every bush and put bombs in every wall. And, and the bombs, you had to keep going, buying more, finding more. And you're bombing everything trying to find out where the next dungeon is. I don't even know how you would even know to bomb the walls if somebody didn't tell you. I don't even think there was a hint about bombing the walls. Maybe maybe I missed the hint. Uh, yeah, I mean, think there was
5: you, a, what's that? Uh, how do you figure out how to get through the Lost Woods without a guide?
2: Oh, the up. was there somebody who gave you a clue about that? One of the old wise men You know, or I want to
5: see that there was somebody who gave you a clue about that.
4: Go – Whatever the directions are, I don't remember them right now, but somebody said something about that at some point. Might might have been. Might have been. But, I mean – One of those guys, if you blew open his cave, then he'd talk to you for a couple of lines.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, Ocarina of Time – also stands out really strong memory. First 3D Zelda game, the whole thing kind of coming to life. Great mechanics in that game. I mean, it justifiably earns its super high ranks. But for me, Link to the Past was kind of that really, really great middle ground of having more moderny graphics, great musical score. Um, it just sticks in my head to this day. Um, the the uh, the better challenge, better challenge and design of the world and the dungeons, uh, the puzzles and the such. Just absolutely, you know, absolutely a great, great mixture of being old school and but sl- taking those first steps to making it prettier more of a masterpiece for lack of a better description and at you know to this day the most memorable you know zelda experience i think it's the easiest one to recommend too if you got somebody who you know a younger person who maybe just hearing about zelda for the first i was like which one should i play first i'm like go back and play linkedin past find a way virtual console something but um uh yeah if you go all the way back to the first one i think that's asking quite a bit i could get through I could get through Link to the Past without necessarily running to the help gu- I mean, some of those things were a little hard, but um, I got through it, I believe, without using too many hints or any hints at all. And that first one's hardcore. I'm sorry. Finally, the last few dungeons were... Scannon's Dungeon. Oh my god. That's the one where you had the bomb of the wall. Bloody Ganon's Dungeon. <laughs> oh, and then those little bloodsuckers that ate your shield. Oh! The like-likes. Like-likes. There's nothing to like about them. They're hate-hates. They eat your expensive shield. I have to go out and spend more time getting more rupees. That's not right. That was that. True. Yeah, the ma-
4: the max was only two hundred and fifty five rupees, but it took a while to get there. It
2: took a while to get there, and, and I mean, this is this is the old school mentality. Of a lot of old school games that you could permanently lose stuff that you know that took a long time to come up with. I mean, heck, every time you died too, you would start all the way back at the beginning with three of your. By that time fourteen heart containers filled. So you either had to... you you had to go and hunt down a fairy somewhere to fill you back up. You didn't want to spend your expensive potion if you had one still. Uh oh yeah, and if you had used your potion. Um, you had to go and find a fairy, refill you up, and then find a way to refill the potion, which was another fairy or something, I can't remember, or buy another potion or whatever it was because you didn't want to go and fight bosses without potion. I mean it was old school. That was difficult, and if you, you put a new person in that direction, it's a, it might be a little too hard, at least if, if, without FAQs. But the Link to the password—it was a good difficulty. I, I liked it. It was still a little tough, but it wasn't it – wasn't, I can't get, uh, get through this without help tough Ew. so anyway everyone's got their own opinion on that but i liked i like them to a lot so that's my number not number nine so next week will be number eight um well in two weeks two weeks right unless you uh, unless
4: you want me to know no, every week
2: no oh, poor, i thought we talked about that no poor phil's got life um and yeah but uh but the next one is another super nintendo game so well maybe that'll be final fantasy 6 who knows never know
4: all right, I bet I bet it's going to be
2: uh, uh, Seven Saga. Okay, you know where's 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 the hangup button on? The, where where dang it
0: can't figure out how to get rid of. All it's right, it's going to be Secret of Evermore. <laughs>
2: uh, Secret eh, that wasn't too bad of a game actually. Is that one a bad game? Oh okay. no! Secret of Mana was the good one. Oh, that's right. Oh, Anywho, um, secret of something. Let's uh, let's do the let's do the wrap up. Let's do the kitchen sink. Let's do the part of the show where everyone just talking about what you're working on the side or what games you're playing or whatever you want to talk about. And uh, let's start. Uh, let's do this in Fickle. We're starting with Anna Marie Newfeld.
0: Um, I'm playing. Make sure everything is ready for the wedding next month.
2: <laughs> that's a fun game to play. Is that like an RPG? Are you leveling up yet?
0: Yeah. um, In fact, um, we decided that for our reception, it's going to be all retro video game themed. So we went to like a classic gaming show and bought all sorts of classic games. So all of the tables, instead of having big flower centerpieces, are going to have video game centerpieces. And all the tables that have um, kids sitting at them are actually going to have working Game Boys and Game Gear so that they can be entertained during the reception.
4: Are you going to get the... Chargers for the Game Gears, or are you going to buy several hundred? We're going to buy several
0: hundred batteries because I have a battery pack for my Game Gear, and it more than doubles the weight of the the handheld.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The thing is... Kids kids need to learn to hold things... (laughs) <laughs> solidly early on if you don't give them that ability if you don't test them on this then they might never learn to hold something that weighs more than three ounces
0: <laughs> so yeah and um we're gonna do a harvest moon cake so i need to finish pulling together some images for our cake artist
4: yay
2: harvest
0: moon. i know i'm looking forward to it so much
4: Harvest Moon. That's, just, that's just like one of those games that just sucks up. Hey,
0: all of- hey! Wait, wait, wait! How cool would it
2: be for your reception if, if instead of making like a Harvest Moon theme or whatever, you actually made people act out Harvest Moon? Like they have to go <laughs> and plant and pull the crops and make the cakes and then bake the cakes and 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 maybe they get married too. Who knows? But but that's how the cakes and stuff get made for your wedding. I, I like that better. It's really a Harvest Moon reception.
0: It's not a Harvest Moon reception. It's a video game reception.
2: But I like it like real life, virtual reality, you know? I mean, think about it. Take it to the next level. Bam. No. Oh, you're not fun. I'm moving on to somebody who's fun.
4: Becky! It's, it's like you don't want to impinge upon the guests that much. Oh, I yeah. can't imagine why. They can
2: get their hands a little dirty. Come on. <laughs> and they, you know, of course, some of them might run out of their stamina.
3: Becky! How no. you doing? <laughs> Becky, what you got? I've been married for ten years, so I don't have to worry about that wedding stuff. Um it's sort of the video game dead zone right now, so I don't even have a ton of work. <laughs> um, so I've been um playing Pokemon again. It's kinda a problem. I've been playing White Two. I caught them all again. Ooh,
0: I've been playing Black Two. I'm actually like literally beating the seventh dungeon right now. <laughs> Cool.
4: So, so you're not playing by choice the one that Sam just reviewed, the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon.
3: I played it and beat it, like, um, earlier in April. I've been playing through it slowly, although I'm not enjoying it all that much, so <laughs> it's, it's kind of I mean,
0: here's the thing is, I think I would have basically given it the same score as her, maybe a little higher. So I would have given it a two to a two and a half. She gave it a two. And... The sad part about that is it's actually the best mystery dungeon game there is out there right now. There, sorry, no, actually, let me rephrase that. It's the best Pokemon mystery dungeon game out there right now.
3: Yeah, they're just none of them are good.
4: I hear that if you want your Pokemon spinoffs to be good, then you should go for the Pokemon Rangers. Is that right?
1: Yeah, pretty yes. much. Yes. Unless you count the uh, like Colosseum and XD Gale of Darkness on the GameCube, which are kind of odd since they're consoles and their spin-offs but they play a lot more like the main series. <laughs> Pokemon XD: Gale of Darkness, if I recall correctly, did not review well.
0: Well, I've never played that. I just played coliseum Oh, okay, yeah. It's got um, I'm pretty sure it has a pretty bad metacritic. Hmm. So anyway, I I
1: that, I'm working
3: I, on uh, I'm working on beating the uh Elite 4 with same type teams because you get badges for that. So I may put up a thread on RP Gamer and ask people for suggestions and draw pictures and stuff.
0: Strawberry is the
3: EV queen of our forums. Yes, I'm. I'm not nearly as hardcore Pokemon player as, as Cassandra.
1: I'm not even that all that hardcore, so to speak. I, like, I could do. I could go for perfect IVs if I read up on all this nonsense RNG business, but it's just like, no, no, no. I don't yeah, want to go you're that hard, hard. You're hardcore amongst our staff, not
3: amongst True the enough. level of Pokemon hardcore players in general. <laughs> Some of those people are insane. Oh, yeah.
1: Plus, I've had like hundreds of Pokemon already trained and EV leveled. I'm not going to restart all over just to get them quote unquote perfect, even though I'm not, I know I'm never going to win any tournaments or anything.
3: Hmm.
4: Okay.
1: So that's what I'm doing. With
3: my video game time. And I, I should work on my backlog, too. I should have a good amount of time this summer to do that. I,
2: yeah, absolutely. Catch it's up. like,
3: yeah, I could work on my backlog, but I guess I'm playing Pokemon instead.
2: That's, you know, and unfortunately that kind of echoes a little bit of my problem when I talk about myself, which I'd love to do. Um, let's see here. What about Cassandra? Uh,
1: well, other than play, get, finishing up the Minish Cap for the podcast, since I haven't played that before, not terribly much. Uh, I kind of, I played the, uh, the recently released, the recently released um, DLC for Fire Emblem Awakening, Harvest Scramble, which is, it's, the map itself is kind of simple on its own, but the uh, sort of the, uh, the draw to that is that every, like pretty much every character, or most characters have an extra sort of, uh, an extra conversation that's pretty much an extra support with another character they can already support with, and a lot of them are funny, a few of them are pretty insightful, and some of the, and others are, in, you know, they're either decent, interesting, funny they're pretty cool, so I don't mind spending a little extra just to have some extra conversations because I love the dialogue in this game.
4: Yeah, I can get behind that. I remember the dialogue very well in this game. Which game? Fire Emblem Awakening.
3: Teach yeah, it was. Tenure.
0: <laughs> I better
4: <laughs> remember it. I'm the one who reviewed it.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know if you guys were aware, but um, Fire Emblem Awakening was actually censored in Europe. What? For what? I heard, yeah. <gasps> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they changed some of the. Uh, localization that the 8-4 guys did. So they made it slightly less racy, which was confusing to me, because normally Europe prefers to censor violence over sexual overtones.
3: Yeah, I thought that was weird, too, because there's one conversation. I guess in the the new DLC, there are some scenes that are rather suggestive. Oh, yeah. I I think the example I saw was there was a scene which, in the U.S. version, it talks about one of the female characters' soft, fluffy pillows. Yes. And uh, in Europe, (laughs) it just talks about her lustrous hair. Yeah.
0: I mean, the problem Uh, uh, is Snowy looks like a little girl, but she's actually like a thousand-year-old dragon.
1: And Tharia is rather popular amongst male players, as I recall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like Tharja
4: as a character. She's hilarious.
3: Yeah, it's the same. My husband married her just because he likes goth girls. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I paired her with Gregor, that See, was interesting
0: only... <laughs> Oh man, I've only played a, a female avatar, so I haven't had the full Tharja experience
3: Well, Tharja still stocks the female avatar
1: but... Oh yeah, yeah she does <laughs> it's, it's a slightly different stockage
2: <laughs> I, I paired her up with Henry because
1: two dark mages, you know <laughs> Especially since one creeps the other out
2: <laughs> Hmm, okay What about... Gosh, I'm doing this out of the order, but I'm kind of torn between Michael Apps and Mike Minky, but I guess it's Michael Apps.
0: If you say you're playing anything other than Dragon Age, I'm going to or Dragon Fantasy, I'm going to be very sad.
5: Well, uh, <laughs> just, just
4: played this thing called Soul Sacrifice. I see it through you up today.
5: I, unfortunately, I had to sacrifice my Dragon Fantasy time a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
5: uh, i have been playing i have completed playing soul sacrifice and reviewed it and it was pretty good with some issues uh and i am actually really hoping they make a sequel because uh it kind of like just fell short of greatness like it, painfully short at times uh, but it's an inst- interesting Monster Hunter type game, which hasn't really derailed my Monster Hunter addiction. Uh, it's uh, it's worth it's worth giving a shot for anyone with a Vita. Uh, so,
0: um, catch me up a little bit. This is a Monster Hunter clone.
5: Uh, I wouldn't call it a clone.
0: A Monster Hunter inspiration. Yes. So, does it have like no levels and no GUI like Monster Hunter has?
5: No. It's it's a bit different. You actually you do gain levels um, when you kill monsters. You can either sacrifice or save them, which will either, if you save them, increase your defense and hit points, uh-huh. or eventually, you. Know, I mean, you don't just get like a level from doing that for one monster. You have to right. do several. But in, if you sacrifice them, it eventually increases your magic attack. Okay, because I mean, sorry, go ahead. And there's, there's, you can also equip like some different um, sigils that, uh, like you know, increase the percentage of certain types of damage, or increase your defense or hit points. And those can be affected by uh, you know how many how many levels more than one or the other you have. Um, so it does, it does have actual, it, do, it has leveling, although it's still not like any sort of traditional RPG leveling.
0: Right. I mean, I think for me, the thing that intimidates me about Monster Hunter is that it doesn't have sort of like those comfort things. Yeah. And I, I really want to get into a Monster Hunter style game because Chris is really into them. And I'm just too chicken to get to jump straight into a Monster Hunter. Would this be sort of like a good medium step?
5: Uh, I would say so. It definitely has a lower barrier of entry, like, um, you know, you can just kind of equip some spells and go in and fight some monsters, and, you know, there's... there's you you don't need to collect, like, a bunch of parts to make better armor and weapons, you know, you get, get some more spells as you adventure along, and since you are, you know, eventually increasing your magic attacks, that, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to get more powerful spells you can kind of use the ones you have and they're just more powerful um but then kind of the flip side of that is it doesn't really have this the um like same addictiveness that monster hunter has like the you know you're not really getting any kind of great rewards for you know kind of fighting increasingly difficult monsters other than you know just the fun of fighting increasingly difficult monsters but you know you're not really getting any more powerful spells um like I think some of the harder battles I've fought, I've just gotten like spells I already have, just in a different element that I did, I didn't currently have them in. Uh, so, um, so that's kind of why I'd like really like to see a sequel to this game because they uh, I wish they could find some way of sort of a happy medium. Uh, you know, the low barrier of entry, but some kind of reward structure where it feels meaningful to actually go and you know keep leveling up and fighting stronger monsters um but yeah it, it's it's it, it's definitely something that could maybe kind of ease the transition to trying an actual monster hunter
2: mm-hmm. anything else
5: uh well I, I did also review monster hunter 3 ultimate uh which i absolutely loved uh, and I encourage people to read that review and definitely, definitely but, uh, try that game.
2: But Mike, Monster Hunter games are like like unapproachably complicated, and, and, and I mean they're they're just scary, man.
5: Yes, they are. But uh, this would probably be the least scary. Wait, I mean, don't in you have to go? Memory? Don't
2: you have to go to Cornell University just to figure out how to beat your first monster in those games? Uh, no. No, okay, just checking.
5: You have to go to Cornell University to beat some of the more advanced monsters.
2: Now. Oh, okay, just the this ones.
5: Yeah, but this, this this one has some of the a lower barrier of entry. But you know, it's still, if you're not used to, if you're used to RPGs where you can just level and stuff, it it's still uh, will probably be very weird to play. Which which system? It's on Wii U and 3DS.
2: See, like I, I did the 3DS one, I was having problems with the controls. But maybe, yeah, the, I heard that if you're using the, the Circlepad pro, it's better.
5: Yeah, it can be if, if you know if, if you have trouble with the, the default setup like I, I had no issue with it, but uh, that is an option. And there's also you can put some of the controls on the touchscreen uh, if that helps. and you know it can even depend on what kind of weapon you're, you're using, whether or not the controls work for you because a lot of those play, like, extremely differently. But uh, I guess the only other thing I'd say about that is it's got the best single player in the series. So if if you kind of liked Monster Hunter, but you didn't really have anyone to play with or didn't want to play with anyone, this would be uh, the best single player one to play.
2: Okay, so you, so you can play it single player? Does, it, does that really work? Yes.
5: Yes, it has a single player, which is has a story, although it's pretty light, that you can play through with monsters balanced for playing single player. And this up, updated release of three actually has a whole second single player campaign you can play. Hmm. So you know there's. But it's not. But if
2: you're playing single player, will you actually have a chance of beating the bosses and things like oh, that? Oh yeah.
5: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I you know made it through the the first campaign to single player without any issue.
2: Interesting.
5: So it's 3DS and Wii U. Okay. 3DS and Wii U. um, Definitely recommend people giving it a try. Uh, If you're still intimidated by Monster Hunter, uh, you know, give Soul Sacrifice a try. There's a demo out there. Um, You know, Monster Hunter is definitely not everyone's cup of tea. uh, But if you kind of like some of the ideas there, you know, it's about how or combat-oriented it is, then uh, Soul Sacrifice really might be for that kind of person. So,
2: Well, yeah. I, I don't know if any of them are nearly as fun or deep as Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity. Just, just saying, I read Sam's review. And I
5: think they are.
2: <laughs> I, I'm just saying, that at Mystery Dungeon's really looking like that deep RPG everyone should be running for right now. <laughs>
5: May or may uh, not be
2: sarcastic at this point. You'll have to go read our reviews at RPGamer.com to find out more on each one of those. Did you write yes. one for? Did you, did you? So I know you wrote one for Soul Sacrifice because I read that one recently. Yes. Did you write one for Monster Hunter? Did I miss that? I
5: did. I okay. did, and I, I gave it a four out of five. Four out of five. All right. So you can so, read. Yes. Read all
2: of those at our websites.
5: All
4: right. But you didn't so, give it the what? six out of five that. Yeah, Ren
2: it's Waker not as coo- Twilight Princess. With. It's it's not as good as the Zelda them, games. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. It's it's okay. Not everything can be Zelda. <laughs> it's 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 understandable it happens. Wait wait um, wait wait you gave, a, wait you gave wait uh, Master Hunter 3 ultimate you gave a 4.5. Yes. Oh okay. I thought you said 4. Is it 4.5? 4. No, 4.5. 4. 4. 5, 5. Okay. Soul Sacrifice 3.5. 3. 3.5. Okay.
3: Yeah, if Mike were to give anything a 6 5 7 it would show up in his living Gibbons banking.
5: Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is probably accurate.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, don't don't remind me. The one time I just Did gave you- I just gave sound on a game a 5. I just the sound. I had 7 Circle, you know, when I asked him to prove it. What, why'd you give it a 5 for? I,
5: I left some good comments supporting
2: I don't think that it was enough for a 5.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah. One more thing. I've been playing. I have managed to play some Dragon Fantasy on Vita, and that Woo-hoo! game is 100% better with buttons with buttons yes it'll also
0: be 100% better with the new hit rate patch
2: (laughs) (laughs) what what is uh, what is Dragon Fantasy what what is this game
0: we're talking Um, about it's like an old school Dragon Quest slash Final Fantasy game Uh so it's laid out in chapters where the first chapter you play is Ogden and Ogden was a hero like 30 years ago when he was 16 and he saved the princess who becomes the queen. And now it's 30 years later and he's old and fat and bald. And the queen's two sons get kidnapped by the big evil guy. And so now he has to go rescue them again. But he's basically Pink Cloud in his 40s and fat and curmudgeon <laughs>
2: Mm, sounds like fun
0: so and um as you go on the game sort of evolved through the original dragon quest ones um where it's like you first person perspective one enemy versus ogden all the time to you know chapter two and three which sort of progress up to sort of super nintendo like mechanics and uh each chapter introduces more and more of the characters do they um, do they
2: up the graphics as well as if you're going through the game yeah, eras? Um
0: yes and no. See um when the game originally released it was all done in 8 bit. Okay. So with the new PlayStation uh, with the new PSN launch, mm-hmm. there is 16-bit graphics and 16-bit music, mm-hmm. and you can switch back and forth between the two of them mm. completely on the fly. It's just something you flip in the menu. Mm. Um, and as of this patch, you can mix and mess. So if you want 16-bit music with 8-bit graphics, you can do that. There you go. Um, and so... Mm. Um, This is the first three chapters and then Intermission M, which is a a Minecraft level. And then Book 2 is going to be coming out later in the summer. And it basically moves from sort of that Dragon Quest 1, Final Fantasy 1, up to the Super Nintendo era into sort of Chrono Trigger meets um, Lufia 2 meets Final Fantasy 6.
5: Yes, and I, I actually played that at PAX and cannot wait for the full game. <laughs> Minky. It was, yeah.
2: Hey, hey Minky, my, my heart just stopped. I, I almost passed out of my chair because she mentioned being able to go back and forth between the modern graf- the more modern graphics and more retro graphics of the different bits. And, and you know where my mind went in it, don't you?
4: Yeah, being it's able where mind went too. Being able
2: to switch in the menu to an older sound and graphics. Oh my god! I almost fell the chair. Almost you were about to have to call an ambulance and get me off the floor. No,
4: no, it's it's okay, Phil. You (laughs) never have to go back to the Dark Spire. Thank you, thank (laughs) you. Oh my gosh! (laughs) All right. Neither do I.
2: Yeah. So, um, okay, how about you, Mister Minky? What you got?
4: Well, okay. You might have seen that I finally got a review of Soul Hackers up. when the game wasn't infuriating me by having these freaking demons come along and cast Haman, which is apparently not an instant death spell, because it just throws you into another dimension or something. So even if you have instant death protection, you die, and game over! Because I don't like that mechanic in SMT. Um, but I enjoyed it, apparently more than some other people did. And I also reviewed Rhapsody on DS, which... Um, Honestly, the people who like this game, wouldn't you have liked it more if it wasn't a game, but some kind of non-interactive form of media? Because the game parts were just really, really boring. I'm sorry. It it really was almost putting me to sleep a couple times. I couldn't play it for long stretches and spots. It it literally was lulling me into dreamland. Um, And right now... I have begun, I have not gotten far with Tengai Makyo 2, and of course no one else has played that because none of the Tengai Makyo games ever came out in English, but uh, for a game that came out in 1992 on the Turbo Graphics, it's pretty good. For reasons which even I don't fully understand, I've started playing Shining Soul, and, um... Why yeah, is that a
0: bad thing? I thought it was a it, good
4: game. Wasn't it a good game? Shining oh, soul. soul. Oh, Soul, 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 oh... <laughs> Oh, um, that's the
0: Game Boy Advance one, right?
4: Oh. Yeah, I just got through seeing Zone apparently as I the love... servant of Dark Dragon. That makes no sense.
0: I loved both Shining Soul and Shining Souls too. I'm... I'm pretty sure I still have both of them. I actually have, like, um, a poster for Shining Souls 2 that is autographed by the localization team.
4: <laughs> wow. Atlas. What is there to localize, honestly? there's There's... Almost no text in the game.
0: Yeah, which tells you exactly how many signatures are on that poster. One? (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
4: Uh, I could go into how slow my character moves, how boring it is to fight. How, Aside from the one part where boulders rolled in my face, there have been absolutely no instances of the environment mattering, but whatever. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe once I see Zeon and Eum as bosses sub bosses to dark dragon of all things then maybe i'll no i don't think i'll have fun but it's there and i got shining soul too also so i'll probably try that in the future just don't expect me to love shining soul because i'm not and i'm playing legend of lagaya which uh, we're gonna do a show on that in the future so i won't say too much about it except that it's it's interesting in spite of the really sluggish pace at points I mean, really sluggish. It can take a couple of minutes to get through each fight because I guess having your having your fighters pose after they've done a move string is a better way of disguising your load times than just popping up a disc loading sign, <laughs> which it is. and i'll I'll mention a few movies because that's what I do all the time. I will mention the Manitou, which is absolutely freaking hilarious, and it wasn't intended to be at all. It begins with Susan Strasberg going into the hospital, and she has a growth on the back of her neck, which looks like a gigantic goiter. But in fact, um, it's actually the fifth or sixth reincarnation of an Indian medicine man, and he's going to be born out of her back. And, uh, yeah, the instant the doctors start to say, this isn't a tumor, it's actually a fetus on your neck, that's when you know you've left the, the land of the scene. And when you get to naked Susan Strasberg shooting beams of light with Star Wars holiday special era effects at a gigantic eye floating in space on a frozen solid hospital floor, you know you've gone way off the deep end. (laughs) It's seriously a, a hoot and a half. Um... And I want to give a big negative vote to Suddenlink, which programmed Kid Glove Killer, which I tried to watch this morning, for the wrong time slot so that I can't watch the last five minutes. And because it has never been released on any kind of video and is not on the internet anywhere, that means I can't watch the last five minutes. So screw you, Suddenlink. You know, I'm kind of wondering how you really feel here, Mike. (laughs) Well, my other choice was to get up at 4.15 in the morning and watch it live. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it would record just fine. So, to you, suddenly.
3: Hmm.
4: And I'll give a really good good vote to Modern Times, which is Charlie Chaplin's last silent movie. And it's funny. It's Chaplin. It's good. Go see it.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay. Well, um, let's see here. I got some, um, just a little bit of retro news. Not a whole lot, but uh, GOG.com recently released Two Worlds, Hmm. The Epic edition um, for $10, well it's on sale right now for $10, normally $20 um, maybe they just put it on sale and it's been really maybe i am got my news mixed up today oh well, whatever, it's $10 on God. of course by the time I get this uploaded it'll probably be at the normal price of $20, not really sure if it's, oh hey I remember this game, oh yeah I remember that, it wasn't that great did y'all play two worlds? yes, Wait, was it just me who thought it was kind of meh or, or was there more to it than I just missed out because I got short attention span
5: this is my opinion of two worlds.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, could, you, could you clarify that for me? You... Sure. Now, users on GOG.com have given an average of 3.5 out of 5 in the RP Gamer Scale. That means very good. What, is, what, what do you think? Wait, they give it what? 3.5 out of 5 is the average from 97 or 87 user ratings. What? Yeah, and on RP Gamer's scale, three point five is pretty good.
5: I don't even know what to say.
2: <laughs> uh, I've learned that on GOG and other similar sites with lots of user reviews with a star system, if it's uh, below four stars, it's usually bad. Uh, and forbid something's got like only three or two stars, because then it really is bad. Bad, 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 bad. bad. Three and a half's kind of bad. But you make it sound even worse than kind of bad. You make it sound barfy bad. So, maybe we shouldn't recommend these to our people. Um, just thinking, maybe not. I, I don't know. Anywho, um, not a whole lot else going on. And, um, GOG, they do have uh, Space Empires 4 Deluxe, which is not an RPG, but it is a, a strategy, turn based strategy, space 4, 4X game that I played to death. Back at the uh, back around 2000, 2001, to something around there. Oh my god, I put so much time into that game. It's not a role-playing game, but you kind of feel like you're in charge of a big, huge space fleet. You make up your own ships from scratch. You make up your own fleets from scratch. It's awesome. It's a lot of creativity going on there. Lots of fun. And I don't know if they made it. I stopped playing it, though, on newer computers because it just went way – you had two choices. You could either – the game by default would go so fast you couldn't see the enemy movements, which is kind of important. But if you turned on (laughs) full animations, it took forever, especially as the game went on, and there were lots of enemy ships moving one at a time. So, anywho – um and I think one of uh, I forget which one of y'all said you were playing Pokemon when you should be playing your backlog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of like playing Pokemon in World of Warcraft. Instead of yeah, I've been doing more World of Warcraft. My friend drug me back into it, and and so I'm like, oh look, I can collect these Pokemon running around. I can battle them and and do dungeons again. Yay! Yeah, so
3: yeah, Guild Wars 2 is the other thing I'm playing instead of my
2: back. Guild Wars 2 is so pretty, so so pretty. Oh my gosh, that game is so pretty. I go, I load it up once more just to remind myself how pretty it is. Um, yeah, and that.
3: Yeah, I, I now have a level eighty Asura And a little tiny adorable mecha suit. Uh,
2: so I keep going back and forth because I'm like, well, I wish I wish World of Warcraft had like the quest structure and the more dynamic fighting that Guild Wars had. But then when I play Guild Wars, I'm like, oh, I wish it had the you know the the balanced battlegrounds or whatever and the the instant teleportation that I'm used to. And I keep going back and forth between the two. it'll get there. It'll get there. It's really hard for a new MMO to come out and have all the features that WoW has. Um... But, yeah, they're both really, really fun games, and you can sink a lot of time into them instead of working on our backlog, which we probably should be doing. Hmm. Um, what everyone should be doing, though, is going to RPGamer.com, where we have news, reviews, articles. It's the best community on the net. Everybody needs to go there really seriously because these are reviews done by RP gamers for RP gamers. So you're not going to get these crazy fanboys who only give Zelda you know, a 95%. Okay. At RP Gamer, we do it right and make sure every Zelda gets its due justice. Okay. So you want to go to com and read all these reviews on all these games. And we have even got retro reviews on old games that you may have forgot, uh, posting up on there almost every day. So you want to keep up with the site, com. We also have our form there where you can write about our previous shows, our future shows that we're talking about. If you got questions, that's why I always mention what show we're doing next. You're more than welcome to jump on the boards and, um, and leave us comments and all that other fun stuff. Go on iTunes, please. Leave us comments on iTunes. Give us six out of five stars, just like you would Zelda. Pretend we're the Zelda a podcast and leave us six out of five stars. That's very important. Um... Let's see here. What else am I forgetting? Uh oh yes, we have a Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash RP Gamer. Twitter.com forward slash RP Gamer. Um I've also got Twitter and Facebook pages forward slash JC Servant. Mike Minky still trying to figure out how that works. So do you have a Facebook page, Mike? No, he doesn't care. He went away. He ran away um he's he's already ran off to leave his six star comment Uh, so listen to all of our previous podcasts as well as our awesome sister show rpg cast it's all at rpgamer.com tons and tons of things for you to do and listen over there so uh on behalf of all five six seven eighteens i I don't know all of our guests here that would help us out tonight mike minky who puts the show together is mike mike are you are you there oh he came back okay now he's back all right
4: what what, what did you need me for
2: because it's time to do the end of the show parting parting shot and that's that's clearly so long, in farewell. your job description. It's not in my job, it's in yours. So take us home. Put us to bed. Something.
4: Um well I could I could sing more of Come Sail Away. Come I'm sure sail I guess away. Could join us. Come
2: sail away. Come sail away with, with me. Exclamation mark.
4: And if I remembered the Christopher Cross sailing tune, I would sing that. But I can just remember vaguely how it goes. And I'm and I'm getting it crossed up with a Toto tune, which is not helping. So we better go before I get Christopher Cross mixed up with Toto and create an holy amalgam of early '80s soft rock.
3: Or before I start reciting the lyrics to the Lonely Islands boat song, <laughs> which are not appropriate for this podcast.
4: Yeah, we better kill them. Now. back.